Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. Uh, Today's episode, we are... Um, yesterday, yeah, I had a couple of different episodes that I recorded, uh, and they were, you know, ready for this week. Both of them are timely. Both of them are, uh, ones that I think that are important and things that God had me working on, but, uh, he called an audible again, uh, and last night, uh, he had me do a live stream, a live, you know, video broadcast on our YouTube channel of the, uh, of a reading of the, the entire book of Isaiah. So what I've done is I've taken the audio, uh, from that and I, and we're going to have that be what we, what we use for today. Now I want to give you some understanding of some of the things that were taking place in it. Uh, first off, I have no clue how I was able to read for nearly five hours straight. I've been able to edit the, the audio down, um, except to say that that had to have been from God. Um, that normally, I, normally, whenever I'm reading, that's just not possible, but yesterday it was. Um, and on top of that, there was just, there was a sense that he was having me record it for somebody specific or a group of somebody's specific where, uh, the access to the truth that they have is not going to be the same that we have. And so you're going to hear me doing some teaching in there. Uh, You're going to hear me uh, from time to time. The Holy Spirit kind of gave me something specific to say to those individuals. And uh, on top of that, um, there are, uh, there's one particular instance where you're going to hear me rebuke, uh, a watcher, you know what a watcher means, is it's, it's one of the enemy's um, combatants, I suppose, is one of the ways to say it. Um, and there was just a moment where that needed to take place. I can say that, uh, so I don't want you to you know, be startled by that if you go through there and, and hear that, uh, but on top of that, um, I just want to say that there was something really interesting that kind of took place after this um, and, and before. You know, yesterday, uh, I hadn't been able to write music for like 15 years. And, and, I, and I, I mean that genuinely. Like, I, the, the song that you hear at the beginning of this podcast, the little intro... That was something, that was the last thing that I wrote 15 years ago. And I couldn't 
figure out the chord progression. No matter how hard I tried, I would get on the guitar, and I'm 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 not exaggerating. It was around 15 years ago, um, but it just couldn't come to me. And then yesterday, um, God just brought this song out of me, and you know that's not a part of this, but I'm trying to give you the 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 kind of day that it was and and literally it i he a song just came out of me and i had no clue that it was related to what was to the to the intro that he gave me 15 years ago so the full song's not completed but you know i just first off want to say praise god because i thought that i had you know lost the ability but the truth is that you know god deposited that song inside of me before the beginning of time and uh, it just has to come out in his timing and his ways and sometimes it's not going to make any sense and sometimes it's going to be really frustrating but praise God that he was able to bring that song out of me um, and it helped me to understand that truly um, everything that we receive is a gift from God Yeah, literally I, I Something that I thought that I couldn't do before. Something that I thought that I couldn't do before. You know, for 15 years, you know, I was I was really good. I, I wrote an, an album. I, I must have had, I don't know, 20-ish songs that I had created over time. And it was it was like clockwork. And then just one day, it just went away. And then yesterday, God changed that. Um... So praise God, praise God for that. Uh, but there was also this really interesting peace that came over me at the at the finish. It was like a, it was it was a levity and a peace, and I'm actually still feeling it as I'm speaking to you right now that I don't think I've ever felt. Um, I don't know that this is what it is, but what it feels like is like. A different level of holiness and you know that's just that is how I'm explaining it um, because it, it's a, it's a feeling like I, I've never really felt before and so I, I hadn't planned on doing this teaching yesterday but God God had me do it uh, and so, uh, I tried to only speak what God gave me. And so what we're doing is literally going through the chapters and, and stopping to teach in the middle of them as things are coming up, things that God has kind of shared. And so, um, I invite you and encourage you to, to watch this or to listen to it, um, in its entirety. I've, I've gone ahead and edited down the audio. So it's, it's not the full six hours. I tried to get rid of some of the breaks that we had in between and stuff like that but um anyway god bless i love you and uh enjoy may god bring you great blessing through hearing these words in jesus name the book of isaiah chapter one the vision concerning judah and jerusalem that isaiah son of amos saw during the reigns of kings uzziah Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah of Judah. 
Listen, heavens, and pay attention, earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have raised children and brought them up, but they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master. And the donkey its master's feeding trough, but Israel does not know my people do not understand. O sinful nation, people weighed down with iniquity, brood of evildoers, depraved children. They have abandoned the Lord. They have despised the Holy One of Israel. They have turned their backs on Him. Why do you want more beatings? Why do you keep on rebelling? The whole head is hurt and the whole heart is sick. From the sole of the foot even to the head, no spot is uninjured. Wounds, welts, and festering sores, not cleansed, bandaged, or soothed with oil. Your land is desolate. Your cities burned down. Foreigners devour your fields right in front of you. A desolation, like a place demolished by foreigners. Daughter Zion is abandoned like a shelter in a vineyard, like a sack in a cucumber field like a besieged city. If the Lord of armies had not let it, left us a few survivors, we would be like Sodom. We would resemble Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the instruction of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What are all your sacrifices to me? asked the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings and rams and the fat of well-fed cattle. I have no desire for the blood of bulls, lambs, or male goats. When you come to appear before me, who requires this from you? this trampling of my courts. Stop bringing useless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons and Sabbaths and the calling of solemn assemblies. I cannot stand iniquity with a festival. I hate your new moons and, and prescribed festivals. They have become a burden to me. I am tired of putting up with them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I will refuse to look at you. Even if you offer countless prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. Wash yourselves, cleanse yourselves, remove your evil deeds from my sight, stop doing evil. Learn to do what is good, pursue justice, correct the oppressor, defend the rights of the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. Come, let us settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are crimson red, they will be like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land, but if you refuse and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The faithful town. What an adulteress she has become. She was once full of justice. Righteousness once dwelt in her, but now murderers. Your silver has become dross to be discarded. Your beer is diluted with water. Your rulers are rebels, friends of thieves. They all love gaft and chase after bribes. They do not defend the rights of the fatherless, and the widow's case never comes before them. Therefore, the Lord of armies, the mighty one of Israel, declares, Ah, I will get even with my foes. I will take revenge against my enemies. I will turn my hand against you and will burn away your dross completely. I will remove, remove all your impurities. I will restore your judges to what they were at first and your adversary and your advisors to what they were at the start. Afterward, you will be called the righteous city, a faithful town. Zion will be redeemed by justice, those who repent by righteousness. At the same time, both rebels and sinners will be broken, and those who abandon the Lord will, will perish. Indeed, they will be ashamed of the sacred trees you desired, and you will be embarrassed because of the garden shrines you have chosen. For you will become like an oak whose leaves are withered, and like a garden without water. The strong, the strong one will become tender, and his works a spark. Both will burn together, and no one to with no one to extinguish the flames. Chapter 2, the vision of Isaiah that's, 
son of Amos, the vision that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established, amen, at the top of the mountains and will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his ways, so that we may walk in his paths. Amen. For instruction will go out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitrations for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plows and their spears into pruning knives. Nation will not take up sword against nation, and they will never again train for war. House of Jacob, come, let us walk in the Lord's light. For you have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob, because they are full of divination from the east. And of fortune tellers like the Philistines, they are in league with foreigners. Their land is full of silver and gold, and there is no limit to their treasures. Their land is full of horses and their land, and there is no limit to their chariots. Their land is full of idols. They worship the work of their hands, what their fingers have made. So humanity is brought low and each person is humbled. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks and hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendor. The pride of mankind will be humbled and human loftiness will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. For a day belonging to the Lord of armies is coming against all that is proud and lofty, 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 and all that is lifted up. It will be humbled. It will be humbled. Against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted up, against all the oaks of Bashan, against all the high mountains, against the lofty hills, against every high tower, against every fortified wall, against every ship of Tarshish, and against every splendid sea vessel, the pride of mankind will be brought low, and human loftiness will be humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. The idols will vanish completely. People will go into, into caves in the rocks and holes in the ground, away from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendor. When he rises to, ter to terrify the earth on that day, people will throw their silver and gold idols, which they made, to the moles and the bats, they will go into the caves of the rocks and the crevices in the cliffs away from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendor when he rises to terrify the earth. Put no more trust in a mere human who has only breath in his nostrils. What is he really worth? Chapter 3. Note this. The Lord of armies is about to remove Jeru from Jerusalem and from Judah every kind of security the entire supply of bread and water, heroes and warriors, judges and prophets, fortune tellers and elders, commanders of 50 and dignitaries, counselors, cunning magicians and necromancers. I will make youths their leaders and unstable rulers will govern, will, will govern them. The people will oppress one another, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will act arrogantly toward the old and the worthless toward the honorable. A man will even seize his brother in his father's house saying, you have a cloak, you be our leader. This heap of rubble will be under your control. On that day, he will cry out saying, I am not a healer. I don't even have food or clothing in my house. Don't make me the leader of the people. For Jerusalem has stumbled and Ju Judah has fallen because they have spoken and acted against the Lord. 
defying his glorious presence, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them, and like Sodom, they flaunt their sin. They do not conceal it. Woe to them, for they have brought disaster on themselves. Tell the righteous that it will go well for them, for they will eat the fruit of their labor. Woe to the wicked, it will go badly for them. For what they have done will be done to them. Woe to the wicked, it will go badly for them. For what they have done will be done to them. God will use the weapon that the enemy meant for your harm against himself. Youths oppress my people and women rule over them. My people, your leaders mislead you. They confuse the direction of your paths. The Lord rises to argue the case and stands to judge the people. The Lord brings this charge against the elders and leaders of his people. You have devastated the, vine the vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. Why do you crush my people and grind the faces of the poor? This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. The Lord also says, because the daughters of Zion are haughty, walking with heads held high and seductive eyes, prancing along, jingling their ankle bracelets. The Lord will scab, will put scabs on the heads of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will shave the, their foreheads bare. On that day, the Lord will strip their finery, ankle bracelets, headbands, crescents, pendants, bracelets, veils, headdresses, ankle jewelry, sashes, perfume bottles, amulets, signet rings, nose rings, festive ropes, capes, cloaks, purses, garments, linen cloths, turbans, and shawls. Instead of perfume, there will be a stench. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of beauty, st beautifully styled hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothes, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding. Your men will fall by the sword, your, war the your warriors in battle. Then her gates will lament and mourn. Deserted, she will sit on the ground. On that day, seven women will seize one man, saying, We will either... We will eat our own bread and provide our own clothing. Just let us bear your name to take away our disgrace. Chapter 4. On that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride of glory of Israel's survivors. And the fruit of the land will be the pride of, and glory of Israel's survivors. Whoever remains in Zion and whoever is left in Jerusalem will be called holy. Holy, 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 all in Jerusalem, written in the book of life. When the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the blood guilt from the heart of Jerusalem by a spirit of judgment and a spirit of burning, then the Lord will create a cloud of smoke by day and a glowing flame of fire by night over the entire site of Mount Zion and over its assemblies. For there will be a canopy over all the glory, and there will be a shelter from shade for sh there will be a shelter for shade from heat by day and a refuge and shelter from storm and rain. Chapter 5 I will sing about the one I love, a song about my, love, my loved one's vineyard. The one I loved, the one, the one I love had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He broke up the soil, cleared it of stones, and planted it with finest vines. He built a tower in the middle of it and even dug out a wine press there. He expected it to yield good grapes, but it yielded worthless grapes. So now, residents of Jerusalem and men of Judah, please judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have, I, what more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? Why, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? 
Now I will tell you what, what I'm about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed. It will tear down its wall and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland. It will, no, it will not be pruned or weeded. Thorns and briars will grow up. I will, give, I will also give orders to the clouds that rain should not fall on it for the vineyards of the Lord of armies. For the vineyard of the Lord of armies is the house of Israel and the men of Judah, the plant he delighted in. He expected justice, but saw injustice. He expected righteousness, but heard cries of despair. Woe to those who add house to house and join field to field until there is no more room and you are alone and you alone are left in the land. I heard the Lord of armies say, indeed, many houses will become desolate, grand and lovely ones without inhabitants. For a 10 acre field, for a 10 acre vineyard will yield only six gallons of wine and 10 bushels of seed will yield only one bushel of grain. Woe to those who rise early in the morning in pursuit of beer, who linger into the evening inflamed by wine. At their feast, they have lyre, harp, tambourine, flute, and wine. They do not perceive the Lord's actions, and they do not see the work of his hands. Therefore, my people will go into exile because they lack knowledge. Her dignitaries are starving, and her masses are parched with thirst. Therefore, Sheol enlarges its throat and opens wide its enormous jaws. And down goes Zion's dignitaries, her masses, her crowds, and those who celebrate in her. Humanity is brought low. Each person is humbled, and haughty eyes are humbled. But the Lord of armies is exalted by his justice. And the holy God shows that he is holy through his righteousness. Lambs will graze as if in their own pastures, and resident aliens will eat among the ruins of the rich. Woe to those who drag iniquity with cords of deceit and pull sin along with cart ropes. To those who say, let him hurry up and do his work quickly so that we can see it. Hmm. Let the plan of the Holy One of Israel take place so that we can know it. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who consider themselves wise and judge themselves clever. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine, who are champions at pouring beer, who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of justice. Therefore, as a tongue of fire consumes straw, and as dry grass shrivels in its flame, so their roots will become like ro something rotten, and their blossoms will blow away like the dust. For they have rejected the instruction of the Lord of armies, and they have despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore the Lord's anger burned against his people. He raised his hand against them and struck them. The mountains quaked and their corpses were like garbage in the streets. In all this his anger was not, has not turned away and his hand is still raised to strike. He raises a signal flag for the distant nations and whistles for them from the ends of the earth. Look how quickly and swiftly they come. None of them grows weary or stumbles. No one slumbers or sleeps. No belt is loose. No sandal strap is broken. Their arrows are sharpened and all their bows strung. Their horses' hooves are like flint. Their chariot wheels are like a whirlwind. Their roaring is like a lion's. They roar like young lions. They growl and seize their prey and carry it off. No one can rescue it. On that day, they will roar over it. Like the roaring of the sea, when one looks at the land, there will be darkness and distress. Light will be obscured by the clouds. Chapter 6 
In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. The hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. And one called to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorways shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, Who should I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. And he replied, Go, say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of these people dull. Deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their minds. Turn back and be healed. Then I said, until when, Lord? And he replied, until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants. Houses are without people. The land is ruined and desolate until the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again. Like the terebinth or the oak that leaves a stump when felled, the holy seed is the stump. This took place during the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Aram's king Rezin, and Israel's king Pekah, son of Ramalia, went to fight against Jerusalem. But they were not able to conquer it. For those who are not aware, that's talking about the infighting of God's people. Aram, Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, son of Ramalia, went to fight against Jerusalem, which is Judah. But they were not able to conquer it. Infighting. 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 That's what he's talking about here. When it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. The Lord said to Isaiah, go out with your sons. Go out with your son Shear Jashub to meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool by the road of, to the launderer's field. Say to him, calm down and be quiet. Don't be afraid or cowardly because of these two smoldering sticks. The fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Ramalia. For Aram along with Ephraim and the son of... Wow. This might be why Ephraim... I don't know if this is true. I'm not going to speak it. Hmm. And the son of Ramalia has plotted harm against you. They say, let us go up against Judah, terrorize it and conquer it for ourselves. Then we can install Tabil's son as king in it. Wow. Ephraim tried to overthrow the order of God. Wow. This is what the Lord God says. It will not happen. It will not occur. The chief of Aram is Damascus. The chief city of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too scattered to be a people. The chief of Ephraim is Samaria, and the chief city of Samaria is the son of Ramalia. 
If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. It is written, if you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, as for, ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Isaiah said, listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Why will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive and have a son and name him Emmanuel. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey. I'm going to read that one more time. It's very important. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey. For before the boy knows how to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and your father's house such a time as has never been since Ephraim separated from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. On that day, the Lord will whistle to flies at the farthest streams of the Nile and to bees in the land of Assyria. All of them will come and settle in the steep ravines, in the clefts of the rocks, in all the thorn bushes, and in all the water holes. On that day, the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave the hair on your heads, the hair on your legs, and even your beards. On that day, a man will raise a young cow and two sheep, and from the abundant milk they give, he will eat curds, for every survivor in the land will eat curds and honey, every survivor in the land after this destruction comes. And on that day, every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand pieces of silver will become thorns and briars. A man will go there with bow and arrows, because the whole land will be thorns and briars. You will not go to all the hills that were once filled with a hoe for fear of the thorns and briars. Those hills will be places for oxen to graze and for sheep to trample. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. All right. We just went through the first seven chapters. I'm getting ready to continue on in this. If I might have to take some breaks here. It's just me alone. Uh, that's not true. The Holy Spirit is with me, and my wife is also with me in spirit. But um, just stick around. I'll, I'll be back when I go away. Uh, and, yeah, cool. Then the Lord said to me, take a large piece of parchment and write on it with an ordinary pen. Maher Shalal Hashbaz. I have appointed trustworthy witnesses. I have appointed trustworthy witnesses. The priest Uriah and Zechariah, son of Jeberechiah. I was then intimate with the prophetess, and she conceived and gave birth to a son. Then the Lord said to me, Name him Maher Shalal Hashbaz. For before the boy knows how to call father or mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoils of Samaria will be carried off to the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again. Because these people rejected the slowly flowing water of Shiloh and rejoiced with resin and the son of Ramaliah, the Lord will certainly bring against them the mighty rushing water of the Euphrates River. The king of Assyria and all, its, all his glory, it will overflow its channels and spill over all its banks. It will pour into Judah, flood over. It will pour into Judah, flood over it and sweep through the re reaching up to the neck and its flooded banks will fill your entire land, Emmanuel. Band together, peoples, and be broken. Pay attention, all you distant lands. Prepare for war. 
then be broken. Prepare for war and be broken. Devise a plan. It will fail. Make a prediction. It will not happen. For God is with us. For this is what the Lord has said to me with great power to keep me from going the way of this people. All right, this is important. So give me a second. The whole Bible is important, but this is important. This is uh, verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 11. For this is what the Lord said to me with great power, to keep me from going the way of this people. To keep me from going the way of this people. Do not call everything a conspiracy these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. You are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. He will be a sanctuary, but for the two houses of Israel, he will be a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over and a trap and a snare to the inhabitant of Jerusalem. Many will stumble, stumble over these. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up the testimony, seal up the instruction among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will wait for him. Here I am with the children the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in, in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells on Mount Zion. When they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the spiritists who chirp and mutter, shouldn't the people inquire of their God? Shouldn't they inquire? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Go to God's instruction and testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. They will wander through the land dejected and hungry. When they are famished, they will become enraged and looking upward will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress and darkness and the gloom of affliction. And they will be driven into thick darkness. I need people to understand that he... Hmm. Pay attention to what this prophecy is talking about. It's very important. Nevertheless, this is chapter 9. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea. The land of the east, the land east of the Jordan and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light is dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time, as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod of their shoulder on the and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire for a child will be born for us a son will be given to us and the government will be on his shoulders he will be named wonderful counselor mighty god eternal father prince of peace the dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end he will reign on the throne of david and over his kingdom to establish it to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. The Lord sent a message against Jacob. It came against Israel. All the people, Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, will know it. 
They will say with pride and arrogance, the bricks have fallen, but we will rebuild with cut stones. The sycamores have been cut down, but we will replace them with cedars. The Lord has raised up Rezin's adversaries against him and stirred up his enemies. Aram from the east and Philistia from the west have consumed Israel with open mouths. In all this, his anger has not turned away and his hand is still raised to strike. The people did not turn to him who struck them. They did not seek the Lord of armies. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail, palm branch and reed in a single day. The head is the elder, the honored one. The tail is the prophet, the teaching, the one teaching lies. Wow. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail. All right. Um, when the destruction that comes is coming, and it is coming, we need to read this and try to understand it. Yes, it was talking about that time, but it's also talking about this time. Jesus himself quotes from this. He quotes from Isaiah quite often. So it's talking about, you know, there's going to be a new government that gets put in place, and it will be a government uh, of a king that God has made. Uh, and he will sit, he will reign on the throne of David. And he will reign in the power of God. But anybody who does not follow these ways and understand this, he's even saying that people who are supposed to love God aren't going to appreciate it. And so he's going to strike them still. And he says the people did not turn to him who struck them. The people didn't repent. They did not seek the Lord of armies. And so this is what God will do. So the Lord cut off Israel's head and tail. And then, then he tells us what his head and tail is. He says, the head is the elder, the honored one. The tail is the prophet, the one teaching lies. So we need to pay attention to that. We need to really pay attention to that. The leaders of the people misled them, and those they misled are swallowed up. Therefore, the Lord does not rejoice over Israel's young men and has no compassion on its fatherless and widows, for everyone is a godless evildoer, and every mouth speaks folly, and all this his anger has not turned away, and his hand is still raised to strike. For wickedness burns like a fire that consumes thorns and briars and kindles the forest thickets, so that they go up in a column of smoke. The land is scorched by the wrath of the Lord of armies, and the people are like fuel for the fire. No one has compassion on his brother. They carve meat on the right but they are still hungry huh they have eaten on the left but they are still not satisfied each one eats the flesh of his own arm manasseh is with ephraim and ephraim with manasseh together both are against judah and all this his anger has not turned away and his hand is still raised to strike chapter 10 woe to those enacting yeah woe to those enacting crooked statutes and writing oppressive laws to keep the poor from getting fair trial and to deprive the needy among my people of justice so that widows can be their spoil and they can plunder the fatherless. I'm going to read that one again. This one's pretty important. Woe to those enacting crooked statutes and writing oppressive laws to keep the poor from getting a fair trial and to deprive the needy among my people of justice so that widows can be their spoil and they can be plunder. And they can plunder the fatherless. What will you do on the day of punishment when devastation comes from far away? Who will you turn to for who will you run to for help? 
Where will you leave your wealth? There will be nothing to do except crouch amongst the prisoners or fall amongst the slain. In all this, his anger has not turned away, and his hand is still raised to strike. My God. Woe to Assyria, the rod of my anger, the staff. In their hands is my wrath. I will send him against a godless nation. I will command him to go against a people destined for my rage, to take spoils, to plunder, and to trample them down like clay in the streets. But this is not what he intends. This is not what he plans. It is his intent to destroy and to cut off many nations. For he says, aren't all my commanders kings? Isn't Kalnel like Carchemish? Isn't Hamath like Arpad? Isn't Samaria like Damascus? As my hand sees the idolatrous kingdoms whose idols exceeded those of Jerusalem and Samaria, and as I did to Samaria and its worthless image, images, will I not also do to Jerusalem and its idols? But when the Lord finishes all his work against Mount Zion and against Jerusalem, he will say, I will punish the king of Assyria for his arrogant acts and the proud look in his eyes. For he said, I have done this by my own strength and wisdom, for I am clever. I abolished the borders of the nations and plundered their treasuries. Like a mighty warrior, I subjugated the inhabitants. My hand has reached out as if into a nest to seize the wealth of the nations. Like one gathering abandoned eggs, I gathered the whole earth. No wing fluttered, no break opened or chirped. Does an axe exalt itself above the one who chops with it? <laughs> Does the saw magnify itself above the one who saws with it? It would be like a rod waving the one who lifts it. It would be like a staff lifting the one who isn't wood. Therefore, the Lord God of armies will inflict an emaciating disease on the well-fed of Assyria, and he will kindle a burning fire under its glory. Israel's light will become a fire, and its holy one a flame. In one day it will burn and consume Assyria's thorns and thistles. He will completely destroy the glory of its forests and orchards as a sickness consumes a person. The remaining trees of its forest will be so few in number that a child could count them. On that day, the remnant of Israel and the survivors of the house of Jacob will be no longer will no longer depend on the one who struck them, but they will faithfully depend on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. The remnant will return, the remnant of Jacob, to the mighty God. Israel, even if your people were as numerous as the sand of the sea, only a remnant of them will return. Destruction has been decreed. Justice overflows. For throughout the land, the Lord God of armies is carrying out a destruction that was decreed. Therefore... The Lord God of armies says this, My people who dwell in Zion, do not fear Assyria. Though they strike you with a rod and raise their staff over you as the Egyptians did, in just a little while my wrath will be spent and my anger will turn to their destruction. And the Lord of armies will brandish a whip against him as he did when he struck Midian at the rock of Horeb. And he will raise his staff over the sea as he did Egypt. On that day, his burden will fall from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke will be broken because your neck will be too large. Assyria has come to Aeth and has gone through Migron, storing their equipment at Michmash. They crossed over at the ford saying, we will spend the night at Geba. The people of Ramah are trembling. Those at Gibeah of Saul have fled. Cry aloud, daughter of Gollum. Listen, Laisha. Anathoth is miserable. Madmena has fled. The inhabitants of Gebim have sought refuge. Today, the Assyrians will stand at Nob, shaking their fists at the mountain of the daughter 
of daughter Zion, the hill of Jerusalem. Look, the Lord God of armies will chop off its branches with terrifying power, and the tall trees will be cut down and the high trees felled. He is clearing the thickets of the forest with an axe, and Lebanon with its majesty will fall. There's a theme that you may or may not have heard as you've been listening here, but you need to understand it. God is decreeing all of these destructions against uh, those in the land that he had given to them who are not following his ways. But he always has a remnant, you have to understand. Those who chose to follow his ways, he always has a remnant. And he will continue to have a remnant. Any prophecy you read, um, there will always be a remnant. And he will restart with the remnant. That's why he says here, he says, Therefore, the Lord of armies says this, My people who dwell in Zion do not fear Assyria. He says, my people. How, are you, how do you become one of God's people? Well, you become one of God's people by choosing to do what he says. And by obeying. And back in the times when this was happening, they had the prophets, like Isaiah, who I'm reading now. Uh, to come and talk to them because they only had the law and the sacrificial system. But ever since Jesus Christ came, anyone who believes in him and chooses to follow the ways of God, um, well, God promised to pour out his spirit on all people. That's also here. That's also in the Old Testament. And so if we believe in what God did through Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. And rather than having to try to follow his ways on our own, God teaches us how to follow his ways. That's how you become one of his people. That's how when these things come on the earth, and they will come again, um, as it is written, so it will be. If you want to become one of his people, you all you simply need to do is repent of your ways. Ask God, say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I believe in what you did through Jesus. And I want to make you the Lord of my life. And I ask that you would come and make your home with me. Forgive me, for I am a sinner. And God will send his Holy Spirit to you. And he will start to teach you. Do it when you're sincere in heart. Don't say it to try to get something. If you say it to try to get something, there's no point to it. God knows your heart. So if you sincerely want this, ask him. He's gracious to give. Chapter 11. Then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord. So this is, you know, after all of these things, after God has then judged the people or judged even the ones who he sent to destroy the people in Israel who weren't God's people. Um, then a shoot will grow from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and strength, a spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit. This is a foreshadowing of the Holy Spirit being on this Davidic leader. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes. He will not execute justice by what he hears with his ears, but he will judge the poor righteously and execute justice for the oppressed of the land. He will strike the land with the scepter from his mouth. 
and he will kill the wicked with a command from his lips. He will speak the word of God. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. The scepter from his mouth. Righteousness will be a belt around his hips. Faithfulness will be a belt around his waist. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fattened calf will be together, and a child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, and their young ones will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like cattle, and the lion will eat straw like cattle. An infant will play beside the cobra's pit, and a toddler will put his hand into a snake's den. They will not harm or destroy each other. On my entire holy mountain, for the land will be as full of knowledge of the Lord as the sea is filled with water. God's talking about, through the prophet Isaiah, he's talking about what the book of Revelations talks about as well. Our decision to do things our own way, our choice to do that and choose to say that we know better has led to all sorts of destruction. God already gave us everything that we would ever need for life and godliness. All we have to do is repent and trust him. And he's now given us his spirit to be able to learn how to do that, because we can't do that of our own. We always want to choose ourselves, so we need God to be able to help us, who will teach us, who will change our desires. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will look to him for guidance, and his resting place will be glorious. On that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to recover the remnant of his people who survived from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the coasts of the islands of the west. He will lift up the, a banner for the nations and gather the dispersed of Israel. He will collect the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Ephraim, Ephraim's envy will cease. Judah's harassing will end. Ephraim will no longer be envious of Judah, and Judah will not harass Ephraim but they will swoop down on the, on the Philistine flank to the west. Together they will plunder the people of the east. They will extend their power over Edom and Moab, and the, Am, and the Ammonites will be their subjects. The Lord will divide the gulf of Suez. He will wave his hand over the Euphrates with his mighty wind and will split it into seven streams, letting people walk through on foot. There will be a highway for the remnant of his people who will survive from Assyria as there was for Israel when they came up from the land of Egypt. I'm not sure, but a lot of that sounds like it's pointing back to uh, things early in the garden, the garden narrative. I'm not positive about that, and I'm not going to flip down because I'm trying to read the book of Isaiah, but I think that's right. Chapter 12, on that day, he will say, I will give thanks to the Lord. I will give thanks to you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger is turned away. And you have comforted me. Indeed, God is my salvation. I will trust in him and not be afraid, for the Lord the Lord himself is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. You will joyfully draw water from the springs of salvation, and on that day you will say, Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his, proclaim his name. Make his works known among the peoples. Declare that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Cry out and sing, citizen of Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is among you. In his greatness. A pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah, the, this is chapter 13 now. I just read chapter 12, chapter 13. Sorry. 
A pronouncement concerning Babylon that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw. Lift up a banner on a barren mountain. Call out to them. Signal with your hand, and they will go through your gates, through the gates of the nobles. I have commanded my consecrated ones. Yes, I have called my warriors who celebrate my triumph to execute my wrath. Listen, a commotion on the mountains, like that of a mighty people. Listen, an uproar among the kingdoms, like nations being gathered together. The Lord of Armies is mobilizing an army for war. They are coming from a distant land from the farthest horizon. The Lord and the weapons of his wrath to destroy the whole country. Wail, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come as destruction from the Almighty. Therefore, everyone's hand will become weak. Every man will lose heart. They will be horrified. Pain and agony will seize them. They will be in anguish like a woman in labor. They will look at each other. Their faces flushed with fear. Look, the day of the Lord is coming, cruel with rage and burning anger, to make the earth a desolation and destroy its sinners. Indeed, the stars of the sky and its constellations will not give their light. The sun will be dark when it rises, and the moon will not shine. I will punish the word I will punish the world for it is evil, for its evil and wicked people, for their iniquities, and I will put an end to the pride of the arrogant and humiliate the insolence of tyrants. I will make a human more scarce than fine gold. Wow. And mankind more rare than the gold of Ophir. Therefore, I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its foundations at the wrath of the Lord of armies on the day of his burning anger. Like wandering gazelles and like sheep without a shepherd, each one will turn to his own people. Each one will flee to his own land. Whoever is found will be stabbed and whoever is caught will die by the sword. Their children will be dashed to pieces before their eyes. Their houses will be looted and their their wives Their houses will be looted and their wives I don't want to read that word. Look. Their houses will be looted and their wives raped. Look, I am stirring up the Medes against them who cannot be bought off with silver and who have no desire for gold. Their bows will cut young men into pieces. They will have no compassion on the offspring. On offspring they will not look with pity on children and Babylon, the jewel of the kingdoms, the glory of the pride of the Chaldeans will be like Sodom and Gomorrah when God overthrew them. It will never be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation. A nomad will not pitch his tent there and shepherds will not let their flocks rest there. But desert creatures will lie down there, and owls will fill the houses. Ostriches will dwell there, and wild goats will leap about. Hyenas will howl in the fortresses and jackals. In the luxurious palaces, Babylon's time is almost up. Her days are almost over. I want everybody to understand something else. You know, God gets a lot of credit and is said to be really wrathful. And you read these things and you understand that he does allow different nations to come. But he always goes after those nations as well who were arrogant. What's what's the point of doing that? Why would you do that? Well, he's trying to get the whole world to repent, all of us. When we all choose our own way and decide that we think we know what's best and try to act on that, a lot of awful stuff happens. What the prophet is talking about here is he's talking about the different types of things that will happen as a result of our own selfishness these awful things that we do to each other continually. That's what he's talking about here. That's what's being written about here. Chapter 14. For the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and will choose Israel again. He will settle them on their own land. 
The resident alien will join them and be united with the house of Jacob. The nations will escort Israel and bring it to its homeland. Then the house of Israel will, present, will possess them as male and female slaves in the, in, the Lord, in the Lord's land. They will make captives of their captors and will rule over their oppressors. When the Lord gives you rest from your pain, torment, and the hard labor you were forced to do, you will sing this song of contempt about the king of Babylon and say, how the oppressor has quieted down and how the raging has become quiet. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of, of the rulers. It struck the peoples in anger with unceasing blows. It subdued the nations in rage with relentless persecution. The whole earth, earth is calm and at rest. People shout with a ringing cry. Even the cypresses and the cedars of Lebanon rejoice over you. Since you have been laid low, no lumberjack has come against us. Sheol below is eager to greet your coming, stirring up the spirits of the departed for you. All the rulers of the earth, making all the kings of the nations rise up from their thrones. They all respond to you, saying, You too have become as weak as we are. You have become like us. Your splendor has been brought down to Sheol, along with the music of your harps. Maggots are spread out under you, and worms cover you. Shining morning star, how you have fallen from the heavens. You destroyer of nations, you have been cut down to the ground. You said to yourself, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the God's assembly. In the remotest parts of the north, I will ascend above the highest clouds. I will make myself like the most high. This is both talking about Satan, but it's also talking about the power of Satan working inside a physical person. You understand? talking about the king of Babylon, the power of Babylon. And what is this? He says, I will ascend to the heavens. I will set up my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of God's assembly and I will make myself like the most high. What's he talking about? He's talking about not recognizing who the only real authority is, God. We can sit here all day and pretend like we have any authority. The truth of the matter is we don't. And we have proved time. How many empires in the history of the world have continued on in their power. They've all fallen, every single one of them. There's this rise of arrogance. If we if Something happens, they build up, they get to a specific point, their arrogance keeps them there, and then they're brought low. That's what happens. And it's a human condition problem. That's happening at a national level when you read these types of things, but it also happens at the individual level. The power of the enemy is not submitting to the truth of God, that he is the only authority. That's it. If we operate in alignment with his authority and who he is, we don't have to suffer these things. He says over and over again in, this, in the book of Isaiah and also all over the rest of the Bible that if we would just follow his ways, we would eat of the good fruit of the land. All of us. That's not like an exclusive thing. He's, he's offered it to everybody. We just have to choose it. So why do we continue to choose to go about it our own way, which clearly isn't working? It's not working. It's never worked. It's not going to work. So we have to try to choose what God wants us to do. That's the only way. It's the only way. And he's even given us a way to be able to do it through the power of his Holy Spirit because we couldn't do it of ourselves. So he came down and gave us a way to do it. Those who see you will stare at you. They will look closely at you. Is this the man who caused the earth to tremble? 
who shook the kingdoms, who turned the world into a wilderness, who destroyed its cities and would not release its prisoners to return home. All the kings of the nations lie in splendor, each in his own tomb. But you are thrown out with a, without a grave, like a worthless branch covered by those slain with the sword and dumped into a rocky pit like a trampled corpse. You will not join them in burial because you destroyed your land and slaughtered your own people. The offspring of evildoers will never be mentioned again. Prepare a place of slaughter for his sons because of the iniquity of their fathers. They will never rise up to possess a land or fill the surface of the earth with cities. I will rise up against them. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies, and I will cut off from Babylon her reputation, remnant, offspring, and posterity. This is the Lord's declaration. I will make her a swamp land and a region for herons. I will sweep, oh, I will sweep her away with the broom of destruction. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. The Lord of armies is sworn as I have as I have purposed, so it will be. As I have planned it, so it will happen. I will break Assyria in my land. I will tread him down on my mountain. Then his yoke will be taken from them, and his burden will be removed from their shoulders. This is the plan prepared for the whole earth, and this is the Lord. This is the hand stretched out against all nations. The Lord of armies himself has planned it. Therefore, who can stand in its way? It is his hand that is outstretched, so who can turn it back? It's his way of saying what the word of God is true. There's nothing that can get in the way of it. Nothing. Literally nothing. In the year that King uh, in the year that King Ahaz died, this pronouncement came. Don't rejoice, all you in Philistia, because the rod of the one who struck you is broken. For a viper will come from the root of a snake, and from its egg comes a flying serpent. Whoa flying serpent the dragon then the firstborn of the poor will be fed will be well fed and the impoverished will lie down in safety but i will kill your root with hunger and your remnant will be slain wail you gates cry out city tremble with fear all philistia for a cloud of dust is coming from the north and there is no one missing from the invaders ranks what answer will be given to the messengers from the nation from that nation the lord is founded Zion, and his oppressed people find refuge in her. All right, I have to feed my dog real quick, uh, so I'll be back. Uh, I'm not going to stop the stream. I'm just letting you know I'll be back. I'm on chapter 15. Uh, that's where we're going next. All right, we're back. Can everybody hear me? Yeah, okay. A, a pronouncement concerning Moab. Ar and Moab is, de uh, this is chapter 15, where we are. Ar and Moab is devastated, destroyed in a night. Kur and Moab is devastated, destroyed in a night. Dibon went up to its temple to weep at its high places. Moab wails on Nebo and at Med Mediba. Every head is shaved and every beard is chopped short. In its streets, they wear sackcloth on its rooftops and in its public squares, everyone wails, falling down and weeping. Heshbon and Aliyah cry out and their voices are heard as far away as Jay has. Therefore the soldiers of Moab cry out and they tremble. My heart cries out over Moab, whose fugitives flee as far as Zoar to Eglath Shalish. I don't know how to say this. I'm going to try it again. To Eglath Shalishia. There we go. They go up the ascent to Luheath weeping. Or they go up the ascent of Luheath weeping. They raise a cry of destruction on the road of Horonaim 
The waters of Nimrim are desolate. The grass is withered. The foliage is gone and the vegetation is vanished. So they carry their wealth and belongings over the wadi of the willows. For their cry echoes throughout the territory of Moab. Their wailing reaches uh, Eglaim. Their wailing reaches Beer Elim. The waters of Debon are full of blood. But I will bring on Debon even more than this. A lion for those who escape from Moab. For the survivors in the land. Send lamb to the ruler. Testing, testing. Yeah, okay. I'm putting this here just for a bit, just because this is tough to read. <laughs> anyway, still here. Hope you are too. All right, chapter 16. Send lambs to their send lambs to the ruler of the land, from Selah in the desert, to the mountain of the daughter of Zion. Like a bird fleeing, forced from the nest, the daughters of Moab will be at the fords of the Arnon. Give us counsel. Make a decision. Shelter us at noonday. Shelter us at noonday with shade. That is as dark as night. Hide the refugees. Do not betray the one who flees. Let my refugees stay with you and be a refu refuge for Moab from the aggressor. When they have when the oppressor has gone, destruction has ended and marauders have vanished from the land. A throne will be established in love, and one will sit on it faithfully in the tent of David judging and pursuing what is right, quick to execute justice. We have heard of Moab's pride, how very proud he is, his haughtiness, his pride, his arrogance, his empty boasting. Therefore, let Moab wail. Let every one of them wail for Moab. You who are completely devastated, mourn for the raisin cakes of Kir Haraseth, for Heshbon's terrace vineyards and the grape vines of Shibma have withered. The rulers of the nations have trampled its choice vines that reached as far as Jazer and spread to the desert. Their shoots spread out and reached the sea. So I joined with Jazer to weep for the vines of Sibma. I drenched Heshbon and Elielah with my tears. Triumphant shouts have fallen silent over your summer fruit and your harvest. Joy and rejoicing have been removed from the orchards. No one is singing or shouting for joy in the vineyards. No one tramples grapes in the wine presses. I have put an end to the shouting. Therefore, I moan like the sound of a lyre of Moab, as does my innermost being for Kir, for Kir Harris. When Moab appears and tires himself out on the high place and comes to his sanctuary to pray, it will do him no good. This is the message of the, that the Lord previously announced about Moab. And now the Lord says, in three years, as a hired worker counts years, Moab's splendor will become an object of contempt in spite of, very, of a very large population. And those who are left will be few and weak. A, per, a pronouncement concerning Damascus. This is chapter 17. Look, Damascus is no longer a city. It has become a ruined heap. The cities of Arar are abandoned. A rower are abandoned. They will be places for flocks. They will lie down without fear. The fortress disappears from Ephraim and the kingdom from Damascus. The remnant of Aram will be like the splendor of the Israelites. This is the declaration of the Lord of armies. On that day, the splendor of Jacob will fade and his healthy body will become emaciated. It will be as if a reaper had gathered standing grain 
his arm harvesting the heads of grain, and as one had gleaned heads of grain in the valley of Rephaim, only gleanings will be left in Israel, as if an olive tree had been beaten, or two or three olives at the very top of the tree. As if an olive tree had been beaten, two or three olives at the very top of the tree, four or five on its fruitful branches. This is the declaration of the Lord, the God of Israel. On that day, people will look to their maker and turn their eyes to the Holy One of Israel. They will not look to the altars they made with their hands or to the Asherahs and shrines they made with their fingers. On that day, their strong cities will be like abandoned woods and mountaintops that were abandoned because of the Israelites. There will be desolation. For you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and you have failed to remember the rock of your strength. Therefore, you will plant beautiful plants and set out cuttings from exotic vines. On that day, you plant, you will help them to grow. And in the morning, you will help your seed to sprout. But the harvest will vanish on that day of disease and incurable pain. Ah, the roar of many peoples, they roar like the roaring of the seas, the raging of the nations, they rage like the rumble of rushing water. The nations rage... The nations rage like the rumble of a huge torrent. He rebukes them and they flee far away, driven before the wind like chaff on the hills and like tumbleweeds before a gale. In the evening, a sudden terror before morning, it's gone. This is the fate of those who plunder us and the lot of those who ravage us. Chapter 18. Woe to the land of buzzing insect wings beyond the rivers of Cush, which sends envoys by sea in reed vessels over the water. Go swift messengers, go swift messengers to a nation tall and smooth skinned, to a people feared far and near, a powerful nation with a strange language whose land is divided by rivers. All you inhabitants of the world and you who live on the earth, when a banner is raised on the mountains, look. When a trumpet sounds, listen. For the Lord said to me, I will quietly look out from my place like a, sh like a shimmering heat and sunshine, like a rain cloud and harvest heat. For before the harvest, when the blossoming is over and the blossoms cover a ripening grape, he will cut off the shoots with a pruning knife and tear away and remove the branches. They will be all they will all be left for the birds and praise and prey on the hills for the wild animals of the land. The birds of prey will spend the summer feeding on them and all the wild animals animals the winter. At that time, a gift will be brought to the Lord of armies from a people to tall and smooth skin people feared far and near a peop a powerful nation with a strange language whose land is divided by rivers to mount zion the place of the name of the lord of armies chapter 19 chapter 19 a pronouncement concerning egypt look the lord rides on a swift cloud and is coming to egypt egypt's idols will, will tremble before him and egypt will lose heart I will provoke Egyptians and against Egyptians. I will provoke Egyptians against Egyptians. Each will fight against his brother, each against his friend. City against city, kingdom against kingdom. Egypt's spirit will be disturbed within it, and I will frustrate its plans. They will inquire of idols, ghosts, and spiritists. I will hand over Egypt to harsh masters, and a strong king will rule it. This is the declaration of the Lord of Armies. The water of the sea will dry up and the river will be parched and dry. The channels will sink, will stink and they will dwindle 
and Egypt's canals will be parched. Reed and rush will wilt. The reeds by the Nile, by the mouth of the river, and all the cultivated areas of the Nile will wither, blow away, and vanish. Then the fishermen will mourn, and those who cast hooks into the Nile will lament, and those who spread nets on the water will give up. Those who work with flax will be dismayed. Those combing it and weaving linen will turn pale. Egypt's weavers will be dejected. All her wage earners will be demoralized. The princes of Zone are complete fools. Pharaoh's wisest adversaries give stupid advice. How can you say to Pharaoh, I am one of the wise, a student of Eastern kings? Where then are your, are your wise men? Let them tell you and reveal what the Lord of armies has planned against Egypt. The princes of Zone have been fools. The princes of Memphis are, are deceived. Her tribal chieftains have led Egypt astray. The Lord is mixed within her a spirit of confusion. The leaders have made Egypt stagger in all she does as a drunkard staggers in his vomit. No head or tail, palm or reed will be able to do anything for Egypt. On that day, Egypt will be like women and will tremble with fear because of the threatening hand of the Lord of armies when he raises it against them. The land of Judah will be will terrify Egypt. Whenever Judah is mentioned, Egypt will tremble because of what the Lord of armies has planned against it. On that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear loyalty to the Lord of armies. One of the cities will be called the city of the sun. On that day, there will be an altar to the Lord in the center of the land of Egypt and a pillar to the Lord near her border. It will be a sign and a witness to the Lord of armies in the land of Egypt. When they cry out to the Lord because of their oppressors, he will send them a savior and a leader, and he will rescue them. The Lord will make himself known to Egypt, and Egypt will know the Lord on that day. They will offer sacrifices and offerings. They will make vows to the Lord to, and fulfill them. The Lord will strike Egypt, striking, striking and healing. Then they will turn to the Lord, and he will be receptive to their prayers and heal them. On that day, there will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. Assyria will go to Egypt, Egypt to Assyria, and Egypt will worship with Assyria. On that day, Israel will form a triple alliance with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing within the land. The Lord of armies will bless them, saying, Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, and Israel, my inheritance, are blessed. Chapter 20. In the year that the chief commander sent by King Sargon of Assyria came to Ashdod and attacked and captured it. During that time, the Lord had spoken through Isaiah, son of Amos, saying, Go take off your sackcloth and remove your sandals from your feet. And he did that, going stripped and barefoot to the Lord. Or the Lord said, As my servant Isaiah has gone stripped and barefoot three years as a sign and omen against Egypt and Cush. So the king of Assyria will lead them captive, will, will lead the captives of Egypt and the exiles of Cush, young and old alike, stripped and barefoot, with bared buttocks to Egypt's shame. Those who made Cush their Hope and Egypt, their boast, will be dismayed and ashamed, and the inhabitants of this coastland will say on that day, Look, this is what has happened to those we relied on and fled to for help to rescue us from the king of Assyria. Now how will we escape? Chapter 21. A pronouncement concerning the desert by the sea, like storms that pass over the Negev, it comes from the desert and from the land of terror. A, terror. a troubling vision is declared to me. 
The treacherous one acts treacherously, and the destroyer destroys. Advance, Elam, lay siege, Eumedes. I will put an end to all the groaning. Therefore, I am filled with anguish. Pain grips me like the pain, like the pain of a woman in labor. I am too perplexed to hear, too dismayed to see. My heart staggers, horrifies. Horror terrifies me. He has turned my last glimmer of hope into a sheer terror. Prepare a table and spread out a carpet. Eat and drink. Rise up, you princes, and and oil the shields. For the Lord has said to me, go post a lookout. Let him report what he sees. When he sees riders, pairs of horsemen, riders on donkeys, riders on camels, he must pay close attention. Then the lookout reported, Lord, I stand on the watchtower all day. I stay at my post all night. Look, riders come, horsemen in pairs. And he answered, saying, Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. All the images of her gods have been shattered on the ground. My people who have been crushed on the threshing floor, I have declared to you what I have heard from the Lord of armies, the God of Israel. A pronouncement concerning Dumas. One calls to me from Seir, from Set. Say ear. Watchman, what is left of the night? Watchman, what is left of the night? The watchman said, Morning has come, and also night. If you want to ask, ask, come back again. A pronouncement concerning Arabia in the desert brush. You will camp for the night, you caravans of Dedanites. Bring water for the thirsty, the inhabitants of the land of Tima. Meet the refugees with food, for they have fled from, from swords, from the drawn sword from the bow that is strung, and from the stress of battle. For the Lord said this to me, within one year, as a hired worker counts years, all the glory of Kedar will be gone. The remaining Kedarite archers will be few in number, for the Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Chapter 22. A pronouncement concerning the Valley of Vision. What's the matter with you? Why have you gone? Why have you all gone up to the rooftops, the noisy city, the jubilant, town is filled with celebration i need to take a break again just for a second and i will be back all right i'm back i think i can be heard yeah i can okay bring this a little bit closer how about that okay sounds like maybe maybe we'll get some better sound okay we're on chapter 22 a, pr a pronouncement concerning the vision the valley of vision what's the matter with you why have all of you gone up to the rooftops? The noisy city, the jubilant town, is filled with celebration. Your dead did not die by the sword. They were not killed in battle. All your rulers have fled together, captured without a bow. All your fugitives were captured together. They had fled far away. Therefore, I said, look, look away from me. Let, my, let me weep bitterly. Do not try to comfort me about the destruction of my dear people. For the Lord God of armies had a day of tumult, trampling and confusion in the valley of vision. People shouting and crying to the mountains. Elam took up a quiver with chariots and horsemen, and Kir uncovered the shield. Your best valleys were full of chariots, and the horsemen were positioned at the city gates. He removed the defenses of Judah. On that day, you looked to the weapons in the house of the forest. You saw there were many breaches in the walls of the city of David. You collected water from the lower pool. You counted the houses of Jerusalem so that you could tear them down to fortify the wall. You made a reservoir between the walls for the water of the ancient pool 
but you did not look to the one who made it or consider the one who created it long ago. On that day, the Lord God of armies called for weeping, for wailing, for shaved heads, and for the weary and for the wearing of sackcloth. But look, joy and gladness, butchering of cattle, slaughtering of sheep and goats, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. The Lord of armies has directly revealed to me this iniquity will not be wiped out for you people as long as you live. The Lord God of armies has spoken. The Lord God of armies said to Shebna, that, that steward who is in charge of the palace, and say to him, The Lord God of armies said, Go to Shebna, that steward who is in charge of the palace, and say to him, What are you doing here? Who authorized you to carve out a tomb for yourself here? carving your tomb on the height and cutting a resting place for yourself out of rock. Look, you strong man, the Lord is about to shake you violently. He will take hold of you, wind up, wind you up into a ball and sling you into a wide land. There you will die, and there your glorious chariots will be a disgrace to the house of your Lord. I will remove you from your office. You will be ousted from your position. On that day I will call for my servant, Eliakim, son of Hilkiah. I will clothe him with your robe and tie your sash around him. I will hand your authority over to him, and he will be like a father in the, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place the key of the house of David on his shoulder. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I will drive him like a peg into a firm place, and he will be a throne of honor for his father's family. They will hang on him all the glory of his father's family, the descendants and the offshoots. All the small vessels from bowls to every kind of jar. On that day, the declaration of the Lord of Armies. The peg that was driven into a firm place will give way and be cut off and fall and the load on it will be destroyed. Indeed, the Lord has spoken. Sorry. Hair is getting in the way. Chapter 23. A, pro a pronouncement concerning Tyre. Wail, ships of Tarshish, for you, for your havens, for your haven has been destroyed. Word has reached them from the land of Cyprus. Mourn, inhabitants of the coastland, you merchants of Sidon. You agents have, your agents have crossed the sea over deep water. Tyre's revenue was to, was the grain from Shehor, the harvest of the Nile. She was the merchant among the nations. Be ashamed, Sidon, the stronghold of the sea. For the sea has spoken, I have seen, I have not been in labor or given birth. I have not raised young men or brought up young women. When the news reaches Egypt, they will, they will be in anguish over the news about Tyre. Cross over to Tarshish. Wail, inhabitants of the coastland. Is this your jubilant city, whose origin was in ancient times, whose feet have taken her to reside far away? Who planned this against Tyre, the bestower of crowns, whose traders are princes, whose merchants are the honored ones of the earth? The Lord of armies planned it to desecrate all its glorious beauty, to disgrace all the honored ones of the earth. Overflow your land like the Nile, daughter of Tarshish. There is no longer anything to restrain you. We stretched out his, he stretched out his hand over the sea. He made kingdoms tremble. The Lord has commanded that the Canaanite fortresses be destroyed. He said, you will not celebrate anymore. Ravished young woman, daughter of Sidon, get up and cross over to Cyprus. Even there you will have no rest. 
Look at the land of the Chaldeans, a people who are no, who no longer exist. Assyria destined it for desert creatures. They set up their siege towers and stripped its palaces. They made it a ruin. Whale ships of Tarshish, because your fortress is destroyed. On that day, Tyre will be forgotten for 70 years, the lifespan of one king. At the end of 70 years, what the song says about the prostitute will happen to Tyre. Pick up your lyre, stroll through the city. You forgotten prostitute, play skillfully, sing many a song so that you will be remembered. And at the end of 70 years, the Lord will restore Tyre and she will go back into business, prostituting herself with all the kingdoms of the world throughout the earth. But her profits and wages will be dedicated to the Lord. They will not be stored or saved, for her profit will go to those who live in the Lord's presence to provide them with ample food and sacred clothing. I want us to understand something. When we read the Bible, we need to understand that Isaiah was a prophet of Israel. He was actually a prophet of, uh, of Judah, specifically, when the kingdoms that had been divided. Um, but he's giving prophecy for all of the countries that are around there. So, look, we want to try and pretend like we have exclusive rights. Those who call on God, that we have, that we have exclusive rights to, you know, to God. But the truth is, he says these things through his prophets, and he tries to speak through us as well, so that everybody will come to know him. Do you understand? Like, we got to... The Bible is for everyone. You heard him earlier talking about um, how Israel, Egypt, and Assyria would have, would have a, uh, an alliance at one point. He's talking about Tyre and Sidon. And we hear about those those places during um, Jesus' time, too. It's it's that whole area over there. But you have to understand, these are, these are the nations that are surrounding that geographical area. You know, God is trying to speak to all of them. And that's, that's expanded across the entire globe. Uh, you know, this talks about it from, you know... Uh, the perspective of the prophets of Israel, but God is a God of the whole world. He's not just a God of Israel. He, he chose Israel to be his chosen people, but he is God of everyone. And he's given us all now an invitation into the same covenant and into, a, 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 into the same covenant of childhood with him. And we talked earlier about how, how to do that. It's to, you know, believe in what he did through Jesus, to repent from your ways, to ask God to send you his Holy Spirit, and he will come and reside in you, and he will teach you, and you will become his child. You will become his son. You will become his daughter if you walk in his ways. Anyway. Chapter 24. Lord, look, the Lord is stripping the earth bare and making it desolate. He will twist its surface and scatter the, its inhabitants, people and priest alike, servant and master, female servant and mistress, buyer and seller, lender and borrower, creditor, creditor and debtor. The earth will be stripped completely bare and will be totally plundered for the Lord has spoken this message. The earth mourns and withers. The world wastes away and withers. The exalted people of the earth waste away. The earth is polluted by its inhabitants. Never heard of it. 
They have transgressed teachings, overstepped decrees, and broken the permanent covenant. Therefore, a curse has been has consumed the earth, and its inhabitants have become guilty. The earth's inhabitants have, have been burned. Only a few survive, and the new wine mourns, the vine withers. All the, carous, all the carousers now groan, the joyful tambourines have ceased, the noise of the jubil, jubilant have stopped, the joyful leer has ceased. They no longer sing and drink wine. Beer is bitter to those who drink it. The city of chaos is shattered. Every house is closed to entry. In the streets they cry for wine. All joy grows dark. Earth's rejoicing goes into exile. Only desolation remains in the city. Its gate has collapsed in ruins. For this is how it will be on earth among the nations, like a harvest, harvested olive tree, like a gleaning after a grape harvest. They raise their voices, they sing out, they proclaim in the west the majesty of the Lord. Therefore, in the east, honor the Lord. In the coastlands and islands of the west, honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, from the ends of the earth. We hear songs, the splendor of the righteous one. But I said, I waste away, I waste away. Woe is me, the treacherous act tre treacherously. The treacherous deal very treacherously. Panic, pit, and trap await you. Who dwell on the earth, whoever flees at the sound of panic will fall into a pit. And whoever escapes from the pit will be caught in a trap. For the windows on high are opened and the foundations of the earth are shaken. The earth is completely devastated. The earth is split open. The earth is violently shaken. The earth, is, the earth staggers like a drunkard and sways like a hut. Earth's rebellion weighs it down and it falls never to rise again. On that day, the Lord will punish the army of the heights in the heights and the kings of the ground on the ground. They will be gathered together like prisoners in a pit. They will be consumed. They will be confined to a dungeon. After many days, they will be punished. The moon will be put to shame and the sun disgraced because the Lord of armies will reign as king. On Mount Zion in Jerusalem, he will display his glory in the presence of his elders. Chapter 25. Lord, you are my God, I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have accomplished wonders. For you have accomplished wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. For you have turned the city into a pile of rocks, a fortified city into ruins. The fortress of barbarians is no longer a city. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, a strong people will honor you. The, the cities of violent nations will fear you. For you have been a stronghold for the person, a stronghold for the needy in his distress, a refuge from storms and, sh and a shade from heat. When the breath of the violent, like a storm against a wall, like the heat in a dry land, you, when the breath of the violent is like a storm against a wall, like heat in a dry land, you will subdue the uproar of barbarians as the shade of a cloud cools the heat of the day. So he will silence the song of the violent. On this mountain, the Lord of armies will prepare for all the peoples a feast of choice meat, a feast with aged wine, prime cuts of, cho of choice meat from, from vintage wine. On this mountain, he will destroy the burial shroud, the shroud over all the peoples, the sheet covering all the nations. He will destroy death forever. The Lord will wipe away the tear. The Lord will wipe away the tears from every face and remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. For the Lord has spoken. And remove his people's disgrace from the whole earth. 
On that day, it will be said, look, this is our God. We have waited for him and he has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation for the Lord's power will rest on this mountain. But Moab will be trampled in his place as straw is trampled in a dung pile. He will spread out his arms in the middle of it. As a swimmer spreads out his arms to swim, his pride will be brought low along with the trickery of his, of his hands. The high-walled fortress will be brought down, thrown to the ground to the dust. On that day, the song will be sung in the land, chapter 26. On that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation is established as walls and ramparts. Open the gates so a righteous nation can come in, one that remains faithful. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. For he, he has humbled those who live in lofty places, in an inaccessible city. He brings it down. He brings it down to the ground. He throws it to the dust. Feet trample it. They, the feet of the humble, the steps of the poor. The path of the, of the righteous is level. You clear a straight path for the righteous. Yes, Lord, we wait for you in the path of your judgments. Our desire is for your name and renown. I long for you in the night. Yes, my spirit is within me. My Yes, my spirit within me diligently seeks you. For when your judgments are in the land, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. But if the wicked man is shown favor, he does not learn righteousness. In a righteous land, he acts unjustly and does not see the majesty of the Lord. Lord, your hand is lifted up to take action, but they do not see it. Let them see your zeal for your people and be put to shame. Let fire consume your adversaries. Lord, you will establish peace for us, for you have also done for you have also done all our work for us. Lord our God, Lord Lords other than you have owned us. But we remember your name alone. The dead do not live, departed spirits do not rise up, indeed you have punished and destroyed them. You have wiped out all memory of them. You have added to the nation. You have added to the nation, Lord. You have added to the nation. You are honored. You have expanded all the borders of the land. Lord, they went Lord, they went to you in their distress. They poured out whispered prayers because your discipline fell on them. As a pregnant woman about to give birth writhes and cries out in her pains, so we were before you, Lord. We became pregnant. We writhed in pain. We gave birth to wind and have won no victories on earth, and the earth's inhabitants have not fallen. Your dead will live, their bodies will rise. Awake and sing, you who dwell in the dust, for you will be covered with the morning dew, and the earth will bring out the departed spirits. Go, my people, enter your rooms and close your doors behind you. Hide for a little while until the wrath is past. For look, the Lord is coming from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth will reveal the bloodshed on it and will no longer conceal her slain. Chapter 27. On that day, the Lord, with his relentless, large, strong sword, will bring judgment on Leviathan, the fleeing serpent, Leviathan, the twisting serpent. He will slay the monster that is in, that is in the sea. On that day, sing about a desirable vineyard. I am the Lord who watches over it to water it regularly so that no one d disturbs it. I watch over it night and day. I am not angry. If only there were thorns and briars for me, 
to battle, I would trample them and burn them to the ground, or let it take hold of my strength. Let it make peace with me. Make peace with me. In days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel will blossom and bloom and fill the whole world with fruit. Did the Lord strike Israel as he struck the one who struck Israel? Was Israel killed like those who killed by the Lord? You disputed with Israel by banishing and driving her away. He removed her with severe storm on the day of the east wind. Therefore, Jacob's iniquity will be atoned for in this way, and the result of his removal of his and the result of the removal of his sins will be this: when he makes all the altar stones like crushed bits of chalk, Noah's Sherah poles and or incense altars will remain standing, for the fortified city will be desolate, pastures deserted and abandoned like a wilderness. Calves will graze there, and there. And there they will spread out and strip its branches. When its branches dry out, they will be broken off. Women will come and make fires with them, for they are not a people with understanding. Therefore, their maker will not have compassion on them, and their creator will not be gracious to them. On that day, the Lord will thresh grain from the Euphrates River as far as the wadi of Egypt. And you Israelites will be gathered one by one, on that day, a great trumpet will be blown, and those lost in the land of Assyria will come, as well as those dispersed in the land of Egypt, and they will worship the Lord at Jerusalem on the holy mountain. Chapter 28. Woe to the majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards, and to the fading flower of its beautiful splendor, which is on the summit above the rich city. Woe to those who overcome with wine. Look, the Lord has a song. The Lord has a strong, a mighty one, like a devastating hailstorm, like a storm with a strong flooding water, with strong flooding water. He will bring it across the land with his hand. The majestic crown of Ephraim's drunkards will be trampled underfoot. The fading flower of his beautiful splendor, which is on the summit above the rich valley, will be like a ripe fig before the summer harvest. Whoever sees it will swallow it while it is still in his hand. On that day, the Lord of armies will become a crown of beauty and a diadem of splendor to the remnant of his people, a spirit of justice to those, a spirit of justice to the one who sits in judgment and strength to those who repel attacks at the city gate. Even these stagger because of wine and stumble under the influence of beer. Priests and prophets stagger because of beer. They are confused by wine. They stumble because of beer. They are muddled in their visions. They stumble in their judgments. Indeed, all their tables are covered with vomit. There is no place without a stench. Who is he trying to teach? Who is he trying to instruct? Infants just weaned from milk? Babies removed from the breast? Law after law, law after law, line after line, line after line, a little here, a little there. For he will speak to this people with a stammering speech and in a foreign language. He said to them, this is the place of rest. Let the weary rest. This is the place of repose. Of, of repose. But they would not listen. The word of the Lord will come to them, law after law, line after line, a little here, a little there. So they stumble going backward to be broken and trapped, broken, trapped, and captured. When you get an opportunity, read verses Isaiah 28, 7 through 13. It's very important. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people in Jerusalem. For you said, we have made a covenant with death, and we have an agreement with Sheol. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, it will not touch us, because we have made a false, ooh, we have made falsehood our refuge, and have hidden behind treachery. 
Wow. Therefore the Lord God said, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. And I will make justice the, the measuring line and righteousness the mason's level. Hail will sweep away the false refuge and water will flood your hiding place. Your covenant with death will be dissolved and your agreement with Sheol will not last. When the overwhelming catastrophe passes through, you will be trampled. Every time it passes through, it will be carried. It will carry you away. It will pass through every morning, every day and every night. Only terror will cause you to understand the message. Indeed, the bed is too short to stretch out on and its cover too small to wrap up in. For the Lord will rise up as he did uh, at Mount Perizim. He will rise in wrath at the Valley of Gibeon to do his work, his unexpected work, and to perform his task, his unfamiliar task. So now do not scoff on your sh shackles. Do not scoff or your shackles will become stronger. Indeed, I have heard from the Lord God of armies a decree of destruction for the whole land. Better yet, just read all of chapter 28. Um, I'm not even all the way through it yet, but that was, that's very relevant. Very relevant. Listen and hear my voice. Pay attention and hear what I say. Does the plowman plow every day to plant seed? Does he continuously break up and cultivate the soil? When he is leveled at surface, does he not then scatter black cumin and sow cumin? He plants wheat and rows and barley and plots with spelt as their border. His God teaches him order. He instructs him. Certainly black cumin is not threshed with a threshing board and a cartwheel is not rolled over cumin. But black cumin is beaten out with a stick and cumin with a rod. Bread grain is crushed because it, but is not threshed endlessly. Though the wheel of the farmer's cart rumbles, his horses do not crush it. This also comes from the Lord of armies. He gives wondrous advice. He gives great wisdom. All right. We need to be careful with what's going on. There is this false idea out there that all somebody has to do is say that they believe in Jesus and they can kind of go on doing whatever they want and not actually seeking a relationship with God and uh, not receiving the Holy Spirit to change them. Chapter 28 talks about that. Um, it talks about what to look for in terms of pastors. And on top of that, at the tail end there, it's giving you real advice. He's talking about how he taught farmers how to farm. We're sitting here with hunger still in the world, and we're doing that. Because we're not listening to what God's telling us to do. It's kind of it's kind of a dumb idea not to do that. Mostly because, you know, he made the world. I don't know. Like, if you had the opportunity to meet with the person who made your car uh, to understand how to take care of the engine, wouldn't you want to do that? Doesn't that seem like it's a pretty good idea? Hmm. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break again. Um, need to take this dog for a walk, and then I will be back. 
Psych, nah, I'm going to take the dog out later. Doesn't look like she needs to go. Um, cool. Going to have some water. Father, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to do this. Um, you asked me to do this tonight, so I'm doing it. And I just trust that your Holy Spirit's going to do the work that it needs to do. You know, your word changes everything. I ask that this word would go forth and that you would change all of our hearts to bring us more in alignment with you so that we can do your ways because our ways, they don't work. They don't work. They don't work. Our ways don't work. By the way, I'm talking about the religious ways too. Like I'm not... Look, folks, if you think God cares about religion, you're just wrong. Like it's... He wants people who give them his whole heart. Religion religion can do that. You can go to church and have that. Like I'm, I'm not trying to badmouth it, but what I'm saying is we have to, it's not about the ritual. It's about relationship. Do you really care? I mean, it can't, it's like... You can't, it can't be just a halfway thing. It's got to be an all, all the way thing. Think about your relationships in, in this life, you know, in your normal day to day that you put very little effort into, or, you know, maybe you talk to them every once in a while. How strong are those relationships? You know, how well equipped are you to, um, both, you know, be good friends or companions with that person and have them be companions with you. It, t- it takes effort. You know, it, it's, it, it's not like there's not some big mystery here. It's right in front of you. You know, a lot of the people who are written about here, you know, the whole, like, when we read about Abraham, Abraham didn't have a Bible. The Bible was written after Abraham's time. The written Torah. But they had an understanding. So it's possible God can reach people in all sorts of ways. There's one way in order to be saved. What I mean by that, I don't mean some in some religious way. I mean, there's one way. God provided the way. God provided the way. He provided it through Jesus Christ. That invitation is open to everyone. You don't have you don't have to get confirmed in some church to enter a relationship with Jesus Christ. Are you a, are, are you Jewish do you celebrate the Jewish faith today? Jesus made the invitation open to you. Do you celebrate or do, do you recognize Islam today? Jesus made the invitation open to you. Like, folks, are you a Buddhist? Are you an atheist? Are you any of these things? The invitation's yours. He's invited you to, to, to join 
in this new version of humanity, which is one that receives the Holy Spirit and follows God in his ways. And God will do it. God will do it. So, you know, we have to be, we have to, we have to understand that. We have to understand that. This is about the invitation that Jesus gave to everyone. Doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, what race you are, what what religion, like I just said, what religion you you talk about now. There are people, the Bible says, Jesus himself says, that on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not drive out demons in your name and prophesy in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. So what's that mean? That means that there are people right now, some of whom may be watching this stream, maybe watching this video, who think that they're going to heaven, but Jesus says that only those who do the will of his Father in heaven, those who walk the way, the truth and the life, they're the only ones who are going to make it. Uh, that invitation is open to everyone. It's open to everyone. You just have to choose it. It's a choice. You know, you got, it's a choice. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and prescribe to you what God's going to tell you to do. It will be in alignment with his word, what he tells you to do. But the invitation is open to everybody. It's open to everyone. Somewhere along the way, we have a, the, the people who call themselves by the name of Jesus, Christians. Uh, not, not all of us, but we allowed the narrative to shift from one of understanding the purpose for which Jesus came, which was love and relationship with God and a way to holiness. We, we, we've gotten away from that and we somehow turned it into trying to point out people's faults. You want to point out people's faults, all you got to do is pick up a mirror. <laughs> literally pick up a mirror we all got them we've all got them and it's it's about Jesus says before we go trying to tell other people their business what they're doing wrong we should first take the beam of wood out of our eye he says why do you go after your this other person's splinter in their eye, your brother's splinter in their eye. Why don't you first take the beam of wood out of your eye so that you can see clearly and then go help? He's trying to get us to focus on our relationship with him. I have no clue what God's going to call you to. I'm not God. I know that he's called you to honor and love him. And he's invited you into relationship with him to receive his Holy Spirit. And that's between you and God. He provided this way through his son, Jesus Christ. There's this whole thing of legalistic standards that we're in here 
that human beings tried to do for you know a long time, a really, really long time, and we just we just couldn't do it. <laughs> Literally, we it, like the Bible is just a series of God giving us instructions and us just like not being able to do it. And it's a catastrophe. And now you know, I'm reading I'm reading a book from a prophet who is explaining the different ways in which that catastrophe has kind of spread out. But there's a different way. You know, we can't do it on on our own. So God's like, all right, I gotta come up with something new because this is like it's just not working. It's not working. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ, down. And it, and Jesus had God's Holy Spirit in him. And Jesus, he lived the way, the truth, and the life that we're supposed to live. How did he do that? He did that because Jesus even says this. He did that by turning inward, listening to what God was instructing him to, to do, speaking the words that God gave him to speak. And loving the way that God would love through the power of the Holy Spirit that was in him, through submission to that and submission to God through that and in relationship. And he was able to fulfill the law. He came down and looked like you and I, you know, he had flesh, he had skin, he had hair. And because uh, we just we literally couldn't do it, but he did it. And thank God for that, because we would still like we're still we still are any of us who try to do it of our own strength we still mess it up all the time you know you're not going to have to go far to, to to find a human being with faults you're not going to have to go very far we all have them but the 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 thing that god did is through jesus he said all right now that i've got one person who did this by the power of my holy spirit i'm going to take my spirit and I'm going to pour it out on all flesh. And I'm going to make my home inside of these people. And though they aren't perfect yet, I'm going to work with them. And we're going to walk together in relationship. And I'm going to change their hearts. And we're going to, we're going to, we're going to work together so that everyone can walk this way. We couldn't do it. So he gave us a way. And again, that is, that's available to everyone. Yeah, you don't have to be, you know, you, you don't have to call yourself a Christian. You don't have to do any of that. You just have to accept the gift that God gave you. It, it's free. You don't have to, you don't have to pay any money for it. Freely, you know, you, it's totally free. <laughs> uh, it, it costs somebody something. Um, and it's going to cost you, uh, you know, your you have to be willing to live that way or you'll just never experience the full power of God. Um, there are some costs, not monetary, <laughs> and they're not costs really. It, you could see it that way, but it's not really what it is. It's a, it's a trade. You're trading your way for God's way. And God has actually already lined out in here a lot of the things that can help us to understand it. It's more beautiful than anything you could ever imagine. I mean, I am literally 
blown away by how good God is. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes God calls me to things that are difficult. But I've got stuff inside of me, and we all have stuff inside of us from, some, from, from the habits that we've built over time, you know, trying to do things our own way. Uh, yeah, we've got some habits we got to fix. And as a result of that, sometimes the way we think versus the way that God thinks is just like, nah, bro, that's not the, that's not the way it works. And so like, there's these moments where it's like this, this high pressure moment where like, God's going to call you to like, do something that doesn't make a lot of sense to you. And he brings you up to it. And it's like, that, I, I, it does not compute with your mind. But if you listen and you just trust and you allow him to do his work, you're going to see that most of the stuff that first off, you're going to see that everything that this says is true, but you, you just will, you will experientially know it. And um, you're going to actually receive real freedom. I mean, yeah, freedom that nothing in the world can offer. There's no drug, no earthly relationship, no amount of money. It, it, it can't offer it. It's a total freedom. Um, and you can read about those promises further in the Bible, but I wanted to take some time. I am going to go take this dog out because uh, my wife is texting me and saying that it's pretty cold where I am, so I need to uh, do it before it gets too cold. Uh, but I wanted to, I just wanted to share that invitation with you because, boy, we, we've done a bad, we've done a pretty bad job um, as God's children of really trying to simplify the message. And still be true to it. A simple message without truth is not is not is not worthwhile. Um, but look, the truth of the matter is, you know, God, we're we're reading a bunch of things about destruction, and those things do come. They come by our own choices. They come by our own choices. But God, it's not. He doesn't want that to happen. He does it because he's trying to get started with those people. Again, he's trying to create the beauty that he had from the outset, where it was just total freedom, total freedom. But the challenge is when we decide that we're going to do things our own way, is we have selfish desires. We start thinking that we have to take care of ourselves. And then we start think, get, getting into like, oh, scarce, scarcity mode. Uh, like I don't have enough food or I don't have a big enough house or my car's not as nice as this other person's or like, or, or, or other things. We get, we get into like a survival mode to some degree. And no matter how far away we are from actual evolutionary survival uh, needs or how close we are to that, if there's, a, if, if we rely on ourselves, we're always going to feel that. But God provided everything that we need for life to live in godliness, to be like him and to be in relationship with him from the outset of the world. And if we'll just accept what Jesus tells us and start walking in it, we'll see that it's true. Pardon me. We'll see that it's true. And uh, boy, if you haven't read any of Jesus's story, I mean, it's pretty baffling. It's pretty, it's, it's like a, wow, this guy really is awesome. I mean, he just loved everyone. He was not out to, he was harsher on the people who were supposed to be 
God's protectors of uh, the truth, who were telling lies, who, who had themselves turned into trying to judge everything by, by a legalistic standard. And he instead showed us the spirit of the law. And he, and he showed us God's heart. And I'm telling you, like, I'm just asking, if you don't know who God is, and you've, and you've seen like a bad, like, we Christians tend to give God a bad rap. It's not God's fault that we're broken. It's our fault that we don't listen. And God is working on us to change us. But I'm just asking that if you take the time to read this and really try to understand it, and you really decide you want to go after this, I think you're going to find out that it's the most beautiful decision you've ever made. I know it was for me. I know it was for me. Um, yeah, anyway, I am going to go take this dog out. I just want to say I love you, and I will, I'll be back. All right, I'm back. Wasn't that cold. It was pretty cold, but... I had my uh, trusty rugged wear from Menards jacket. It's a uh, knockoff from, I don't want to call it a knockoff, but it's like a uh, Carhartt jacket. Keeps me warm. Uh, anyway, I hope you don't mind. I'm a little hungry. So you can see it's getting dark outside. Um, so I might be eating while doing this too. Don't want to make you too hungry, but if you couldn't tell, the guy wearing a Ron John's Baja hoodie loves to eat pizza. And so that is what I will be having as well. Um, I welcome you to also have dinner with me. <laughs> All right. Without that, we started and we're on... Um, Chapter 29 is where we stopped. Woe to Ariel. Ariel, the city where David camped, continue year after year. Let the feast recur. You know what? This isn't going to work. <laughs> Me eating and doing this. I'm going to take a quick break again. I'm sorry. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. Uh, also... I had this coffee cake. I should have brought it for you because it was really good. She made this coffee cake for me. It's so delicious. Literally just the most delicious thing I've ever eaten, pretty much. I, I, I hate cake. I know. Don't judge me. Sorry. I don't like cake. But this coffee cake is amazing. I, I like carrot cake. So, carrot cake's cool. Don't like any other type of cake. <laughs> Dang it. I also like... Wait a second. Okay, watch me list like 12 different types of cake that I like. No, I only like a couple of cakes. Yellow cake with chocolate, frosting, carrot cake, and now this coffee cake. That's it. Other cakes I don't like. But those... Especially this coffee cake... Yeah, it wins. My wife tried to tell me that she didn't know how to bake, but now she does. She clearly does know how to do that. 
And also, she's also the best cook. All right. Quick story, and then we'll get, get back to the Bible, because the Bible is obviously more important. <clears throat> the first meal she ever cooked for me was she cooked me Easter, an Easter meal. My family, and I think her family, they were both out of town. Maybe hers was here, but I don't, I, I can't remember. For whatever reason, neither of us were going to have, you know, Easter with our families. And so she cooked an Easter meal. Yeah, We've been together for not very long. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to cook Easter. And she cooked a ham. And I, I got to tell you, I don't really like ham. But now I do, because she cooked it. Literally, it was the she changed my mind. There were some other things. Come to find out, actually, there are a lot of things that I previously uh, we were in. I can't remember where we were, but I used to say that I didn't like uh, fish. But then she had me try escargot somewhere. I like that now. Mm. Um, yeah, Clementine, you might have heard my dog, who's just sitting here scratching herself. But anyway, uh, you know you really love someone and are really into somebody when they're going to cook you the thing that you always just like never wanted for Easter. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. Let me do that. And then you realize, wait a second. Is this a trick? Because this is delicious. It was literally, it was so delicious. And she's got this mashed potato recipe that she shared with me. And it's... I, I didn't like mashed potatoes very much before either. I like them now. I like them now. So, word to the wise. Make sure that you diligently seek the man or the woman that God has for you. Wait for it. Because there's... Uh, there is literally nothing better. There's nothing better. Like the greatest gift. It's, it's tough to describe. It's tough to describe. It's just total peace. Total peace. I love her at a level that I never, that I thought previously was not possible for human beings to love somebody. Seriously. And, uh, yeah. So, God knows what he's doing and everything, but he definitely is a better matchmaker than Tinder. So you should absolutely try to, uh, that's no offense to anybody who's on Tinder. I didn't mean it that way. I'm just saying, Hey, maybe, you know, if you're on Tinder, ask God, who's the one he wants you to swipe right on. That's what I mean. Okay. Um, because it's, it's truly, I wouldn't be where I am today without without her. Nowhere close. Just a, just a, like, mm. life is more beautiful because of because because of and since I met her, life is more beautiful. There's just no other way to say it. Anyway, let's get back to the Bible. All right, chapter twenty nine. No more pizza. No more coffee cake. Let's get to the Bible. Isaiah 29, woe to Ariel, 
Ariel, the city where David camped. <laughs> Continue year after year. Let the festivals recur. I will oppress Ariel, and there will be mourning and crying, and she will be to me like an Ariel. I will camp in a circle around you, and I will besiege you with earth ramps, and I will set my siege towers against you, and you will be brought down. You will speak from the ground, and your words will come from low in the dust. Your voice will be like that of a spirit from the ground. Your speech will whisper from the dust. Your many foes will be like fine dust, and many of the ruthless like blowing jet. Then suddenly, in an instant, you will be punished by the Lord of armies, with thunder, earthquake, and loud noise, storm, tempest, and a flame of consuming fire. All the many nations going out to battle against Ariel, all the attackers, the siege works against her, and those who oppress her, will then be like a dream, a dream, a vision in the a dream, a vision in the night. It will be like a hungry one who dreams he is eating, then he wakes and still is hungry. And like a thirsty one who dreams he is drinking and then awakes and still is thirsty, longing for water. Hmm. So it will be for all the many nations who go to battle against Mount Zion. Wow. Stop it. Mount Zion, uh, if you're not aware of what that means, he's talking about, well, I can't give you the full meaning of it because I'm still trying to understand it. That's what's beautiful about this book. But in a nutshell, it seems to be pointing towards Mount Zion being, in a way, a representation of his children and the city that he's that he set up and the place where he dwells um the the union of all of that seems to be what mount zion uh re really describes um but as with anything uh in the bible i mean you could read this you could read each book a hundred times over and every single time you would learn something brand new every time it, it, that's what's so beautiful about this. So if you're, if you love to learn, you're going to love the Bible. Stop and be astonished. Blind, blind yourselves and be blind. They are drunk, but not with wine. They stagger, but not with beer. For the Lord has poured out on, on you an overwhelming urge to sleep. He has shut your eyes, the prophets. He has shut your eyes, the prophets, and covered your heads, the seers. For you, the entire vision will be like the words of a sealed document. If it is given to one who can read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I can't read it because it is sealed. And if the document is given to one who cannot read and he is asked to read it, he will say, I, can, I can't read. The Lord said, these people approach me with their speeches they, to honor me with lip service, yet their hearts are far from me. And human rules, and human rules direct their worship of me. We talked about that earlier. He's talking about going through the motions. He's talking about what religion can get to when you when you make it about a ritual. That's not what he wants. He wants our hearts. You want somebody to want your heart, right? In a relationship, in an intimate relationship with somebody, in, um, in a close relationship with somebody, you, you want them to understand you. And you want, you want to be able to give them your whole heart. You don't have to hold something back. And you want them to do the same for, for you. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about us loving him in the same way that he loves us. That's what he means by that. Therefore, I will again confound these people with wonder after wonder. The wisdom of their wives will vanish. I've seen that. I have seen that. Where it's just like sometimes God just straight up baffles you. It's like, oh, 
here I thought that this is the way that it happened, and here are, you know, hundreds of years of science that think that this is the way that this happens, and turns out that's not right. <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. Um, the wisdom of their wise will vanish, and the perception of their perceptive will be hidden. Woe to those who go to great lengths to hide their plans from the Lord. They do their works in the dark and say, who sees us? Who knows? You have turned things around as if the potter were the same as the clay. <laughs> How can what is made? I, I You're catching me laughing a lot because uh, I think God is hilarious in the way that he just is like, he's trying to put it in such a matter of fact way. It's very direct, but he tries to, and to me, it's really funny. Now looking back and realizing, wait a second, I was pretty arrogant before. And it's like, yeah, uh, I don't know anything, but he does. So I'm just going to trust in that. How can what is made say about its maker? He didn't make me. How can what is formed say about the one who formed it? He doesn't understand what he's doing. Isn't it true that in just a little while, Lebanon will become an orchard and the orchard will seem like a forest? On that day, the deaf will hear the words of a document and out of a deep darkness, the eyes of the blind will see. Amen. The humble will have joy after joy in the Lord and, and the poor people will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Praise God. Amen. For the ruthless one will vanish. Amen. The scorner will, di will disappear and all those who lie in wait with evil intent will be killed. Those who, with their speech, accuse a person of wrongdoing, who have set a trap for the one meditating at the city gate and without cause deprive the righteous of justice. When he's talking about this, by the way, folks, I don't want you to... I don't want us to fall into the trap that he's not talking about us. You know, we have to make sure that we're not these people. All of those who lie in wait with evil intent. He's talking about anybody who schemes. Anybody who schemes, right, tries to manipulate a situation into their favor. That's scheming. That is lying in wait with evil intent. Um, our intents, when we try to do things of our own way, it's evil. Um, even if what, the action that we're trying to take seems good, if it's apart from God, it isn't. Therefore, the Lord who redeemed Abraham says this about the house of Jacob, Jacob will no longer be ashamed and his face will no longer be pale. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands within his nation, they will honor my name. They will honor the Holy One of Jacob and stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those who are confused will gain understanding and those who grumble will accept instruction. Chapter 30. I'm sorry, I need to take a quick break again. Uh, I will be back. All right, I'm back. Sorry about all the breaks. This is my first time doing a live uh, feed, a uh, live stream like this, and I uh, don't know how to pause it. Wish I could, like, put up something that says, hey, I'll be back. Uh, but instead, you get this black screen. So anyway, let's get back to, the, again, the more important thing, the Bible. This is Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children. This is the Lord's declaration. They carry out a plan, but not mine. Remember what we said 
in the last one. They carry out a plan, but not mine. They make an alliance, but against my will. Piling sin on top of sin. Without asking my advice, they set off to go down to Egypt in order to seek shelter under Pharaoh's protection and take refuge in Egypt's shadow. But Pharaoh's protection will become your shame and refuge in Egypt's shadow, your humiliation. For though his princes are at zone and his messengers reach as far as Hanes, everyone, it's spelled like Hanes, uh, everyone will be ashamed because of people who can't help. They are of no benefit. They are of no help. They are good for nothing but shame and disgrace. A pronouncement concerning the animals of Negev, of the Negev. Through a land of trouble and distress, a lioness and a lion, a vi- of lioness and lion, of viper and flying serpent, they carry their wealth on their backs, on the backs of donkeys, and their treasures on the humps of camels, to a people who will not help them. Egypt's help is completely worthless. Therefore, I call her Rahab, who just sits. Go now, write it on a tablet in their presence, and inscribe it on a scroll. You know, this is important that we understand why God might be a little bit upset with the people of Israel about this. Uh, Book of Exodus, he literally delivered the Egyptians who went to Egypt previously for refuge during a famine, stayed there. They had some luck originally, and then that king died, and then they were enslaved for 400 years. He literally delivered them from that. And now the Israelites are packing up their stuff in the promised land and going back to Egypt. They're going back to Egypt rather than trying to turn back to God to figure things out. You know, that's why he's frustrated here, and he should be. Um, we do it all the time too. You know, uh, how often do we go back to trying to figure out how to do things according to our understanding? Oh, if I could just make you know a hundred dollars, a hundred more dollars a paycheck, if I could just do that, or oh, if I could just start this little side business, or oh, if I could just have this or that, or if I, I, I. That's the point. Go to God. He knows what you need. You have no clue. You and I don't know what's going to happen ten seconds from now. Literally. None. No clue. Go to him. He knows all. And he loves you and he wants to take care of you. Go now. Write it on a tablet in their presence and inscribe it on a scroll. It will be for the future for forever and ever. They are rebellious people, deceptive children, children who do not wish, who do not want to listen to the Lord's instruction. They say to the seers, do not see, and to the prophets, do not prophesy the truth to us. Tell us flattering things. Prophesy illusions. Get out of the way. Leave the pathway. Rid us of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, the Holy One of Israel says, because you have rejected this message and have trusted in oppression and deceit, and now have de- and have depended on them, and have depended on them, this iniquity of yours will be like a crumbling gap, a bulge in a high wall, whose collapse will come in an instant, suddenly. Its collapse will be like the shattering of a potter's jar, crushed to pieces so that not even a fragment of pottery will be be found among its shattered remains. Wow. No fragment large enough to to take fire from a hearth or scoop water from a cistern. For For the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, you will be delivered by returning and resting. Wow. Your strength will lie in quiet confidence. 
But you are not willing, you say. No, we will escape on horses. Therefore, you will escape. And, and you say, we will ride on fast horses, but those who pursue you will be faster. One thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will flee until you remain like a solitary pole on a mountaintop or a banner on a hill. You will be delivered by returning and rest. Your strength will be in quiet confidence. That doesn't sound like something we normally think about, does it? But it's God's way. It's God's way. Therefore, the Lord is, is waiting to show you mercy and is rising up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a just God. All who wait patiently for him are happy. For people will live on Zion and Jerusalem. You will never weep again. He will show favor to you at the sound of your outcry. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. The Lord will give you meager bread and water during oppression, but your teacher will not hide any longer. Your eyes will see your teacher, and when you, and whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear this command behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. That's beautiful. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. It's talking about the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit does. Then you will defile your silver-plated idols. Then you will defile your silver-plated idols and your silver-plated images and your gold-plated images. You will throw them away like menstrual claws and call them filth. Then he will send rain for your seed that you have sown in the ground and the food, the produce of the ground, will be rich and plentiful. On that day, your cattle will graze in open pastures. The oxen and donkeys that work the ground will eat salted fodder, scattered with win with winnowing shovel and fork. Streams flowing with water will be on every high mountain and every raised hill on, on the day of great slaughter when the towers fall. The moonlight will be as bright as the sunlight, and the sunlight will be seven times brighter. The light of seven days, like the light... Of seven days on the day that the Lord bandages his people, his people's injuries and heals the wounds of the, he inflicted. Look, look there. What's God saying here? He's again saying, stop going your own way. Stop. First step to, to stopping going your own way is to stop. Think about it. Read what the word says and turn. Back to God. Open invitation. Open invitation. Look there, the Lord is coming from far away, his anger burning and heavy. And by the way, when I say that, don't think the way the world thinks. They're wrong. They're wrong. It's been like this for so long that we just don't even know how to get out of Egypt anymore. Well, we don't know because we, God's people are slaughtered. They are killed for lack of knowledge. Well, knowledge is here in the Bible. He tries to tell you, follow it. Look there. The Lord is coming from far away, his anger burning and heavy with smoke. His lips are full of fury, and his tongue is like a consuming fire. His breath is like an overwhelming torrent that rises to the neck. He comes to, to sift the nations in a sieve of destruction and to put a, br a bridle on the jaws of the peoples to lead them astray. Your singing will be like that on the night of a holy festival, and your heart will rejoice like one who walks to the music of a flute going up to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel. And the Lord will make the splendor of his voice heard and reveal his arm striking in angry wrath and a flame of consuming fire and driving rain and a torrent and hailstones. 
Assyria will be shattered by the voice of the Lord, and he will strike with the rod, and every yoke of the appointed staff that the Lord brings down on him will be to the sound of tamarines and lyres. He will fight against him with brandished weapons. Indeed, Topheth has been ready for the king for a long time. Its funeral pyre is deep and wide, with plenty of fire and wood. The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of burning sulfur, kindles it. Again, God here, I don't want to add more to, to the word, but I do think that you should go back to and read this. Um, there's just so much here that points to don't do things our way. Do things the way that he says. Try to take it literally. Don't try to apply it the way that you think you should apply it. Uh, like, don't try to apply it to to try to make the Bible fit into what the world does. Make your world adapt to what the Bible says. We tend to try to read God's word and put it, put a spin on it so that we can continue doing things the way that we want to. That's not what God actually calls us to. He calls us to take his word and implement it. Implement it in our lives. And he did, he didn't call for us to adapt it. It's not like he made, you know, he made a mistake when he wrote this thousands of years ago. And, you know, and, and you know, we we've somehow gotten much smarter over time. There's nothing new under the sun. We're having the same problems now that they were having when Isaiah was writing these issues. Why? Because we still haven't turned. Because people have rejected the Holy Spirit. They've rejected the free offer. And so until we all choose to to glorify God in all of our conduct and to walk in relationship with him, we're going to have those issues. So I'm saying to those who actually want to do that, we need to we need to submit to God and do it his way. Not try to adapt this word to our understanding, but adapt our understanding to the word. Woe to those who go, chapter 31, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and who depend on horses. They trust in the abundance of chariots and in the large number of horsemen. They do not look to the Holy One of Israel and they do not seek the Lord, but he also is wise and brings disaster. He does not go back on what he says. He will rise up against the house of the wicked and against the allies of evildoers. Egyptians are men, not God. Their horses are flesh, not spirit. Amen. When the Lord raises his hand to strike, the helper will stumble and the one who is helped will fall. Both will perish together. Oof. Don't seek help from the wrong place. Don't seek it from the wrong place. Both will perish together, both the helper and the helped. For this is what the Lord said to me, as a lion of, or a young lion growls over its prey when a band of shepherds is called out against it and is not terrified by their shouting or subdued by their noise. So the Lord of armies will come down to fight on Mount Zion and on its hill. Like hovering birds, so the armies will protect Jerusalem. By protecting it, he will rescue it. By sparing it, he will deliver it. Return to the one the Israelites have greatly rebelled against. For on that day, everyone of you will reject the silver and gold idols that your own hands have sinfully made. Silver and gold idols. He talks often about they have eyes and do not hear, uh, mouths and do not speak, or eyes and do not see, mouths and do not speak, ears and do not hear. Pull out a coin from your pocket. What's it have on the front? 
a, a coin of money. Then Assyria will fall, but not by human sword. A sword will devour him, but not one made by man. He will flee from the sword. His young men will be put to forced labor. His rock will pass away because of fear, and his officers will be afraid because of the signal flag. This is the Lord's de declaration, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Chapter 32. Indeed, a king will reign righteously and rulers will rule justly. Each will be like a shelter from the wind, a refuge from the rain, like flowing streams in a dry land and the shade of a massive rock in an arid land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be closed and the ears of those who hear will listen. The reckless mind will gain knowledge and the stammering tongue will speak clearly and fluently. A fool will no longer be called a noble. <laughs> Nor a scoundrel said to be important, for a fool speaks foolishness and his mind plots iniquity. He lives in a godless way and speaks falsely about the Lord. He he leaves the hungry empty and deprives the thirsty of drink. The scoundrel's weapons are destructive. He hatches plots to destroy the needy with lies, even when the poor person says what is right. But a noble person plans noble things. He stands up for noble causes. Stand up, you complacent women. Listen. Listen to me. Pay attention to what I say, you overconfident daughters. In a little more than a year, your overconfident ones will shudder, for the grapes will fall and the harvest will not come. Shudder, you complacent ones. Tremble, you overconfident ones. Strip yourselves bare and put on sackcloth around. Put sackcloth around your waist. Beat your breasts in mourning for the delightful fields and the fruitful vines, for the ground of my people growing thorns and briars, indeed for every joyous house in the jubilant city. For the palace will be deserted, the busy city abandoned, the hill and the watchtower will become barren places forever, the joy of wild donkeys and pasture, and a pasture for flocks, until the spirit from on high is poured out on us. Then the desert will become an orchard, and the orchard will seem like a forest. Then justice will inhabit the wilderness, and righteousness will dwell in the orchard. The result of righteousness will be peace. Amen. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. Amen. Then my people will dwell in a peaceful place, in, a safe, in, in safe and secure dwellings. But hail will level the forest, and the city will sink into the depths. You will be happy as you sow seed, seed beside abundant water, and as you let oxen and donkeys range freely. Amen. Chapter 33, woe to you, or woe you destroyer, never destroyed, you traitor, never betrayed. When you have finished destroying, you will be destroyed. When you have finished betraying, they will betray you. Lord, be gracious to us. We wait for you. Be our strength every morning in our every morning and our salvation in the time of trouble. The peoples flee at the thunderous noise. The nations scatter when you rise in your majesty. Your spoil will be gathered as locusts are gathered. People will swarm over it like an infestation of locusts the lord is exalted for he dwells on high he has filled zion with justice and righteousness there will be times of security for you a storehouse of salvation wisdom and, and knowledge the fear of the lord is zion's treasure listen their warriors cried loudly in the streets the messengers of peace weep bitterly the highways are deserted travel has ceased an agreement has been broken cities despised and human life disregarded the land mourns and withers. Lebanon is ashamed and wilted. Sharon is like a desert. Sharon! Bashan and Carmel shake off their leaves. 
Now I will rise up, says the Lord. Now I will lift myself up. Now I will be exalted. You will conceive chaff. You will give birth to stubble. Your breath is fire. Your breath is fire that will consume you. A peoples will burn to ashes like thorns cut down and burned in a fire. You who are far off, hear what I have done. You who are near, know my strength. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling seizes the ungodly. Who among us can dwell, can dwell with a consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with ever-burning flames? The one who lives righteously, righteously and speaks rightly, who refuses profit from extortion, whose hand never takes a bribe, who stops his ears from listening to murderous plots and shuts his eyes against evil schemes. He will dwell on the heights. His refuge will be the rocky fortresses, his food provided, his water assured. Jesus says something similar to this, but, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be provided to you. Okay. Uh, this is 33 verse 17. Starting again at verse 17, your eyes will see the king in his beauty. You will see a vast land. Your mind will meditate on the on the past error. Where is the accountant? Where is the tribute collector? Where is the one who spied out our defenses? You will no longer see the barbarians, a people whose speech is difficult to comprehend, who stammer in a language that is not understood. Look at Zion, the city of our festival times. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a peaceful pasture, a tent that does not wander. Its tent pegs will not be pulled up, nor will any of its cords be loosened. For the majestic one, our Lord, will be there. A place of rivers and broad streams where ships that are rowed will not go, and majestic vessels will not pass. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your ropes are slack. They cannot hold the base of the mast or spread out the flag. Then abundant spoil will be divided. The lame will plunder it. And none there will say, I am sick. The people who dwell there will be forgiven their iniquity. Again, blessing to those who follow the ways of God and curse for those who don't. By curse, I mean bad things. Bad things will come upon you. He set it up in a way that if we just listen to him, it will go well with us. It's not that he's like... It's that he's given us the way to live in the thing that he created. And if we just listen, then all will go well with us. There's more to it than we don't understand. And we keep trying to understand it in our own strength. We got to stop. We got to trust him. Chapter 34. You nations, come here and listen. You peoples, pay attention. Let the earth and all that fills it hear the word the world and all that comes from it the lord is angry with all the nations furious with all their armies he will set them apart for destruction giving them over to slaughter their slain will be thrown out and their stench and the stench of their corpses will rise the mountains will flow with with their blood all the stars in the sky will dissolve the sky will roll up like a scroll and its stars will all wither as leaves wither on the vine and foliage on the fig tree when my sword has drunk its fill in the heavens, it will then come down on Edom, on the people I have set apart for destruction. The Lord's sword is covered with blood. It drips with fat. Unless if you've read the Bible a lot, you might not understand that uh, 
Edom, it, 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 it was a people, but it was the people of Esau. And there's a story of Jacob and Esau, two brothers of Israel. Um, and Esau traded his birthright because he was hungry for a bowl of soup. He to take care of his short his own short-term needs because he he had a hunger inside of him that he wanted to satisfy, he traded his birthright to his brother. God tells us not to do that same thing. That's why he's saying that that's that's the people who are going to be destroyed. That's what he's talking about. Those who would forsake the things of God for the things of uh, their own fleshly desires and trying to take care of themselves rather than trusting in God. The Lord's sword is covered with blood. It drips with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Basra, a great slaughter in the land of Edom. The wild oxen will be struck down with them, and young bulls with the mighty bulls. Their land will be soaked with blood, and their soil will be saturated with fat. For the Lord has a day of vengeance, a time of paying back Edom for its hostility against Zion. Edom's streams will be turned into pitch, her soil into sulfur. Her land will become a, will become burning pitch. It will never go out day or night. Its smoke will go up forever. It will be desolate from generation to generation. No one will pass through it forever and ever. Eagles, owls, and, her and herons will possess it, and long-eared owls and ravens will dwell there. The Lord will stretch out a measuring line and a plumb line over her for her destruction and chaos. No nobles will be left to proclaim a king, and all her princes will come to nothing. Her palaces will be overgrown with thorns, her fortified cities with thistles and briars. She will become a dwelling for jackals and abode for ostriches. The desert creatures will meet hyenas, and one, and one wild goat will call to another. Indeed, the night birds will stay there and will find a resting place. Sand partridges will make their nest there. They will lay and hatch their eggs and will gather their broods under their shadows. Indeed, the birds of prey will gather there, each with its mate. Search and read the scroll of the Lord. Not one of them will be missing. No, not one of them will be missing. None will be lacking its mate because he has ordered it by my mouth and he will give it and he will gather them by his spirit. He has cast the lot for them. His hand allotted their portion with a measuring line. They will possess it forever. They will dwell in it from generation to generation. There's a lot that he's saying there in that little part about all these animals being in these places of Edom. He's saying that bad things come when human beings, again, work uh, according to their own understanding. But he's going to give the things that we have that we once held in high regard because of the work of our hands, he's going to give them everything to animals because at least the animals understand who he is. You know, this, this says that there's a lot more to it than that, but that's another interpretation of this. You know, he, you have to understand how he's talked about eagles, owls, herons, ravens and all those different birds there, there's symbolism in in hebrew which is what this what the book of isaiah was written in in hebrew every letter of every single word has a very specific and deep meaning and that's what's so beautiful about it that's why you could read this book thousands of times and get something new every day 
Um, you can't just read it once. It, you, it literally says you have to meditate on it day and night because it's trying to teach you where you are. It's trying to give you continual revelation and understanding because, you know, it, it, it's an active book. We go out and we live and then we come back to the word to, and it gives us new understanding about what we've just seen. And it gives us understanding about how to be able to react to it in a proper way the next time. All right. Chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land will be glad. The desert will rejoice and blossom like a wildflower. It will blossom abundantly and will also rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. Sharon! They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. I, the reason why I'm saying Sharon like that every time is it's an inside joke with my wife and I. Uh, strength. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it, the splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, steady the shaking knees. Say to the cowardly, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. Vengeance is coming. God's retribution is coming and he will save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be open and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like deer and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. For water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground will become a pool and the thirsty land springs. In the haunt of jackals and in their lairs, there will be grass, reeds and papyrus. A road will be there and a way. It will be called the holy way. The unclean will not travel on it, but it will be for the one who walks the path walks the way, the way, the truth, and the life. What we talked about about an hour and 15 minutes ago now, when we were talking about Jesus. Fools will not wander on it. There will be no lion there, and no vicious beast will go up on it. They will not be found there. But the redeemed will walk on it, and the redeemed of the Lord will return, and come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee. Chapter 36. In the fourteenth year of the ki of King Hezekiah, King Sennacherib of Assyria attacked all the fortified cities of Judah and captured them. Then the king of Assyria sent his royal spokesman, along with the massive army from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem. The Assyrians stood near the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the launderer's field. Wow. Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, son of Asaph, the court historian, came out to them. The royal spokesman said to them, Tell Hezekiah, the great king, the king of Assyria says this. This is interesting. All right. If somebody, I think he's talking about, go to the, near the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the launderer's field and, and, and Assyria, I think that this is like a second time that this is coming about. Like I know for a fact this is the second time that it's saying that exact same thing, but I'm not sure if this is like something repeating or if it's the prophecy that Isaiah prophesied being fulfilled. Um, I need to look into that. Mental note. Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, 
who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court of the court secretary. And Joa, the son of Asaph, the court historian, came out to him. The royal spokesman for Assyria said to them, Tell Hezekiah, the great king, the king of Assyria, says this. What are you relying on? You think mere words are a strategy and strength for war? Who are you now relying on that you have rebelled against me? Look, you are relying on Egypt, that splintered reed of a staff that will pierce the hand of anyone who grabs it and leans on it. This is how Pharaoh, that's interesting, Did you come to see a reed swaying? Yeah, anyway, there's John the Baptist tones there. Also, uh, hands being pierced. Jesus' hands were pierced. There's a lot there. Uh, that will pierce the hand of anyone who grabs it and leans on it, leans on it, relies on it. This is how Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is to all who rely on him. Suppose you say to me, we rely on the Lord our God. Isn't he the one... Who, whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you are to worship at this altar. Now make a deal with my master, the king of Assyria, and I'll give you 2,000 horses if you're able to supply riders for them. How then can you drive back a single officer among the least of my master's servants? How can you rely on Egypt for chariots and horsemen? Have I attacked this land to destroy it without the Lord's approval? The Lord said to me, attack this land and destroy it. Interesting. Um, yeah, really interesting. Then Eliakim, Shebna, and Joah the, said to the, spoke, to the royal spokesman, please speak to your servants in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak to us in Hebrew with an earshot of the people who are on the wall. But the royal spokesman replied, has my master sent me to speak these words to your master and to you and not to the men who are sitting on the wall, who are destined with you to eat their own excrement and drink their own urine. Wow. Then the royal spokesman stood and called out loudly in Hebrew, listen to the words of the great king, the king of Assyria. This is what the king says. Don't let Hezekiah deceive you, for he cannot rescue you. Don't let Hezekiah uh, persuade you to rely on the Lord, saying, the Lord will certainly rescue us. This city will not be handed over to the king of Assyria. Don't listen to Hezekiah, for this is what the king of Assyria says. Make peace with me and surrender to me. Then every one of you may eat from your from his own vine and his own fig tree and drink water from his own cistern until I come and take you away to a land like your own land, a land of grain and new wine, a land of bread and vineyards. Beware that Hezekiah doesn't mislead you by saying the Lord will rescue us. Has any one of the gods of the nations rescued his land from the power of the king of Assyria? Where are the gods of Hamath and Arpad? Where are the gods of Sepharvaim? Have they rescued Samaria from my power? Who among all the gods of these lands ever rescued his land from my power? So will the Lord rescue Jerusalem from my power? But they kept silent. They didn't say anything, for the king's command was, uh, don't answer him. Then Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court secretary, and Joah, the son of Asaph, the court, son, son of Asaph, the court historian, came to Hezekiah with their clothes torn and reported to him the words of the royal spokesman. 
there's a lot going on in that chapter, in chapter 36. But a couple of things that I want to point out. Notice how this guy who's coming against God's children is trying to say that he heard from the Lord that he was supposed to destroy the land. And then in the next sentence, he, in the next little bit, that's in um, 36.10. And then if you take a look over here, look at how he's trying to compare the Lord to all these other gods. No one who regards God, the Lord, no one who regards the Lord would ever compare him to another God because there is no other. So if you ever have anybody who's trying to tell you something and then they try to say that there is another God that, you know, there are all these other gods, don't listen to him. And look what he's trying to do. He's like, oh, trust in me. Trust in me. I'll give you, uh, you know, a land of grain and new wine and you'll have your own cistern. All of those things. He's trying to, he's trying to bribe them to come out. It's conniving. And more importantly, he decided he was going to try and make Yahweh common. Yahweh is the Lord, for those who don't know. When King Hezekiah heard their report, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and went to the Lord's temple. He sent Eliakim, who was in charge of the palace, Shebna, the court secretary, and the leading priests who were wearing sackcloth to the prophet Isaiah, son of Amaz. They said to him, this is what Hezekiah says, today is a day of distress, rebuke, and disgrace. It is as if that it is as if children have come to the point of birth and there is no strength to deliver them. Hmm. Perhaps the Lord your God will hear all the words of the royal spokesman whom his master, the king of Assyria, sent to mock the living God and will rebuke him for the words that the Lord God, your God has heard. Therefore, offer a prayer from, for the surviving remnant. So the servants of King Hezekiah went to Isaiah, who said to them, Tell your master, this is, the Lord says this, Don't be afraid because of the words you have heard, with which the king of Assyria's attendants have blasphemed me. I am about to put a spirit in him, and he will hear a rumor and return to his own land where I will cause him to fall by the sword. Woo! When the royal spokesman heard that the king of Assyria had pulled out of Lachish, he left and found him fighting against Libna. The king had heard concerning King Tirhaka of Cush. He has set out to fight against you. So when he heard this, he sent messengers to Hezekiah saying, say this to King Hezekiah of Judah. Don't let your God on whom you rely deceive you. <laughs> okay by promising you that Jerusalem won't be handed over to the king of Assyria. You ever heard of a lie like that uh, before? Did God really say this? Yeah, that happened in the garden. That's what this guy's trying again. The enemy's only got a couple tricks. He might put a little spin on them, but they're pretty much the same. Look, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the countries. They completely destroyed them. Will you be rescued? Did the gods of the nations that my predecessors destroyed rescue them? Gozan, Haran, Rezef, and the Edenites in, in Talasar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sepharvaim, Hena, or Eva? Hezekiah took the letter from the messenger's hands, read it, then went up to the Lord's temple and spread it out before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, Lord of armies, God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim. You are God, you alone, all of the kingdoms of of all the kingdoms of the earth, 
You made the heavens and the earth. Listen closely, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, Lord, and see. Hear all the words that Sennacherib has sent to mock the living God. Lord, it is true that the kings of Assyria have devastated all these countries and their lands. They have thrown their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but made from wood and stone by human hands. So they have destroyed them. Now, Lord, our God, save us from his power, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, Lord, are God, you alone. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. I want you to understand something here. This is Hezekiah praying. This is important to understand. This is Hezekiah praying in the temple. He's praying to God. Isaiah is not there. Isaiah is not physically present when this happens. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. There is no distance in the Spirit. This is why the Holy Spirit is important for all of us. So Hezekiah prays this. You just heard that prayer. And Isaiah gets back to him. How? He wasn't there. Oh, that's right, because God's Holy Spirit heard him, and he speaks through the prophet. Then Isaiah, son of Amos, sent a message to Hezekiah. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, Because you prayed to me about King Sennacherib of Assyria, this is, this is the word of the Lord is spoken against him. Virgin daughter Zion despises you and scorns you, daughter Jerusalem shakes, daughter Jerusalem shakes her head behind your back. Who is it you have mocked and blasphemed? Against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. You have mocked the Lord through your servants. You have said with my many chariots, I have gone up to the heights of the mountains. To the far recesses of Lebanon, I cut down its tallest cedars, its choice cypress trees. I came to its distant heights, its densest forest. I dug wells and drank water in the foreign lands. I dried up all the streams of Egypt with the soles of my feet. Have you not heard? I designed it long ago. I planned it in the days gone by. I have now brought it to pass, and you have crushed fortified cities into piles of rubble. Their inhabitants have become powerless, dismayed, and ashamed. They are plants of the field. They are plants of the field, tender grass, grass on rooftops blasted by the east wind. But I know you're sitting down, you're going out, and you're coming in, and you're raging against me. Because you're raging against me. Because you're raging against me and your arrogance have reached my ears, I will put my hook in your nose and my bit in your mouth, and I will make you go back the way you came. I also want you to understand, God gave this person. He gave to Hezekiah, via the Holy Spirit, a message specifically for Sennacherib. And he's saying a bunch of things here that if you go back... You won't see that he said these many things. This is God, who is the living God, speaking directly to Sennacherib, who has said these things in his heart. He said these things in his heart. And that's why he said, but I know you're sitting down, you're going out, and you're coming in, and you're raging against me, because you're raging against me, and your arrogance have reached my ears. And so he says, I'm going to put my hook in your nose and turn you back from where you came. You don't want to raise, you don't want to be arrogant against God. You don't want to be arrogant against God. This will be a sign for you. This year you will eat what grows on its own. In the second year, what grows from that. But in the third year, sow and reap. Plant vineyards and eat the fr their fruit. The surviving remnant of the house of Judah will again take root downward and bear fruit upward. For a remnant will go out from Jerusalem and survivors 
from Mount Zion. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about the king of Assyria. He will not enter the city, shoot an arrow here, come before it with a shield, or build up a siege ramp against it. He will go back the way he came, and he will not enter the city. This is the Lord's declaration. I will defend the city and rescue it for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. So God sent first something to say exactly to Sennacherib, and then he's like, hey, Hezekiah, I heard you. Don't worry. Again, this is uh, chapter 37. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 180. <laughs> this is how much Hezekiah didn't need to worry. The very next sentence after he said, hey, don't, I'm going I'm to defend the city for my servant David's sake and for my sake. Then the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. 185,000. That's a lot of people. When the people got up the next morning, there were all... There were all the dead bodies. So King Sennacherib, Sennacherib of Assyria broke camp and left. He returned home and lived in Nineveh. One day, while he was worshiping in the temple of his god Nish, Nishrach, his son Adramalek and, and Sherezer struck him down with the sword and escaped to the land of Ararat. Then his son Esar Haddon became king in his place. God, when God speaks, he does it. He said, I'm going to turn you around. Put my hook in your nose. Turn you around. And he said he was going to take care of him too. <laughs> and he did. He did take care of him. In those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. This is chapter 38. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, said, came and said to him, This is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. He said, please, Lord, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Then the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. Go and tell Hezekiah, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I am going to add 15 years to your life, and I will rescue you from you in this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city. This is this will be a sign to you from the Lord that he will do what he has promised. I'm going to make the sun's shadow that goes down on the stairway of Ahaz go back 10 steps. So the sun's shadow went back the, uh, the 10 steps that it descended. There's a lot there that we could talk about, but... Um, the prayer of Hezekiah, somebody who had followed God wholeheartedly and faithfully in pleading and praying to God, got him to add 15 more years to his life. Relationship and wholehearted following of God, it matters. It matters. A poem by King Hezekiah of Judah after he had been sick and recovered from his illness. I said, in the prime of my life, I must go to the gates of Sheol. I am deprived of rest of my I am deprived the rest of the rest of my years. I said, I will never see the Lord, the Lord in the land of the living. I will not look on humanity any longer with the inhabitants of what is passing away. My dwelling is plucked up and removed from me like a shepherd's tent. I have rolled up my life like a weaver. He cuts me off from the loom. By nightfall, you make an end of me. 
I thought until morning he will break all of my bones like a lion. By nightfall, you make an end of me. I chirp like a sh- like a swallow or a crane. I moan like a dove. My eyes grow weak. Looking upward, Lord, I am oppressed. Support me. What can I say? He has spoken to me. He has himself done it. I walk along slowly on my ears because of the bitterness of my soul. Lord, by such things people live, and in every one of them my spirit finds life. You have restored me to health and let me live. Indeed, it was for my own well-being that I had such intense bitterness but your love has delivered me wow but your love has delivered me from the pit of destruction amen for you have sh- thrown all my sins behind your back for shield cannot thank you death cannot praise you those who go down to the pit cannot hope for your faithfulness the living only the living can thank you as i do today a father will make your faithfulness known to children the lord is ready to save me we will play stringed instruments all the days of our lives at the house of the Lord. Amen. Now, Isaiah said, let them take a lump of pressed figs and apply it to his infected skin so that he may recover. Wow. And Hezekiah asked, what is the sign that I will go up to the, what is the sign that I will go up to the Lord's temple? That's an interesting question. There's a lot there. There really is a lot there. Um, first off, it's beautiful that Hezekiah wrote a, poem um it matters stuff like that matters why does it matter because we need to be able to reflect we need to be that we need to be able to reflect um but what about this isaiah to get him healed said let them take a lump of pressed figs and apply it to his infected skin so that he may recover god's already created all the medicine we need it's already here He's already done it. All we have to do is trust in him and he'll tell us what to do. At that time, Merodach Baladan, son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a gift to Hezekiah since he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. Hezekiah was pleased with the letters and he showed the envoy his treasure house. (laughs) And he showed the envoy, the envoys who brought this gift from uh, Babylon, the silver, the gold, the spices, and the precious oil, and all his armory, and everything that was found in his treasuries. There was nothing in his palace and in all his realm that Hezekiah did not show them. Then the prophet of Isaiah came to King Hezekiah and said, What did these men say, and where did they come to you from? And Hezekiah replied, They came to me from a distant country, from Babylon. Isaiah asked, Why have what have they seen in your palace? Hezekiah answered, they have seen everything in my palace. There isn't anything in my treasuries that I didn't show them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, hear the word of the Lord of armies. Look, the days are coming when everything in your palace and all your fathers, that all your fathers have stored up until today will be carried off to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord. Some of your descendants, descendants who come from you, whom you father, will be taken away and they will become eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Then Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of the Lord that you have spoken is good, for he thought there will be peace and security during my lifetime. There, there is a lot to unpack there too, but um, not everybody who wants to bring you a gift is your friend, even if it's well-meaning. Allow God to help you choose your friends. 
and allow God to lead you on what you should do in everything. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem, this is chapter 40, and announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one crying out, John the Baptist, you down with JTB? A voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make straight a highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Give me, give me one second, please. A voice was saying, this is uh, 40, starting at verse 6. A voice was saying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? All humanity is grass, and all its goodness, like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Indeed, the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Amen. Zion, herald of good news. Go up on a high mountain, Jerusalem. Herald of good news, raise your voice loudly. Raise it. Do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. His wages are with him. His reward accompanies him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. Who, who, has, measured, who has measured the water in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? Who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure, or weighed the mountains on a balance, and the hills on the scales? Who has directed the spirit of the Lord, or gave him counsel? Who did he counsel? Who gave him understanding and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Look, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. <laughs> they are considered as a speck of dust on the scales. He lifts up the islands like flint dust. Lebanon cedars are not enough for fuel or its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are considered by him as emptiness, as empty nothingness. With whom will you compare God? What likeness will you set up for comparison to him? An idol? Something that a smelter casts? And a metal worker plates with gold and makes silver chains for? A poor person contributes wood for a pedestal. That will not rot. He looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not fall over. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not considered the, the foundations of the earth? God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a thin cloth and spread them out like a tent to live in. He reduces princes to nothing and makes judges of the earth like a wasteland. They are barely planted, barely sown. Their stem hardly takes root in the ground. When he blows on them and they wither, and a whirlwind carries them away like stubble. To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal, asked the Holy One. Look up and see. Who created these? He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you in Israel... Why do you say, and Israel, why do you assert, 
My way is hidden from the Lord, and my, and my claim is ignored by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Be silent. Uh, chapter 41. Be silent before me, coasts and islands, and let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach. Let them testify. Let, let's come together for the trial. Who has stirred up someone from the east in, the right, in righteousness he calls him to serve? The Lord hands over nations to him, and he subdues kings. He makes them like dust with his sword, like wind-driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them, going on safely, hardly touching the path with his feet. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I am the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am he. The coasts and islands see and are afraid. The whole earth trembles. They approach and arrive. Each one helps the other and says to one another, take courage. The craftsman encourages the metal worker. The one who flattens with the hammer encourages the one who strikes the anvil. Saying of the soldering, it is good. He fastens it with nails so that it will not fall over. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from the... Wow, from its farthest corners. Wow. And called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I, have I, have I haven't rejected you. Do not fear. I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Be sure that all who are enraged against you will be ashamed and disgraced. Those who contend with you will become as nothing and will perish. Amen. You will look for those who contend with you, but you will not find them. Those who war against you will become absolutely nothing. For I am the Lord your God, who holds your right hand, who says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel, I will help you. This is the Lord's declaration. Your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. See, I will make you into a sharp threshing board, new with many teeth. You will thresh the mountains and pulverize them, and make hills into chaff. You will, winnow, you will winnow them, and a wind will carry them away. A whirlwind will scatter them, but you will rejoice in the Lord. You will boast in the Holy One of Israel. The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I will answer them. I am the Lord, the God of Israel. I will not abandon them. I will open rivers on the barren heights and springs in the middle of the plains. I will turn the deserts the desert into a pool and dry land into springs. I will plant cedars, acacias, myrtles, and olive trees in the wilderness. I will put juniper trees, elm, and cypress trees together in the desert so that all may see and know and consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, the Holy One of Israel. He has created it. Submit your case, says the Lord. Present your arguments, says Jacob's king. Let them come and tell us what will happen. Tell us the past events so that they may reflect on them and know the outcome or tell us the future. Tell us the coming events, then we will know that you are God's. Indeed, do something good or bad, then we will be in awe when we see it. Look, you are nothing, and your work is worthless. Anyone who chooses you is detestable. 
I have stirred up one from the north, and he is come, one from the east who invokes my who invokes my name. He will march over rulers as if they were mud, like a potter who treads the clay, who told about this from the beginning so that we might know, and from the times past so that we might say, he is right? No one announced it. No one told it. No one heard your words. I was the first to say to Zion, look, here they are. And I gave Jerusalem a herald with good news. When I look, there is no one. There is no counselor among them. When I ask them, they say they have nothing to say. Look, all of them are a delusion. Their workers are non-existent. Their images are wind and emptiness. Chapter 47, or 42. This is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. I want to say something. A loud pastor. Hmm. I've put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. We need to be careful about the countenance with which we approach God's teachings. He's quiet. When we read in the Bible, it's always a still, small voice. It's always a still, small voice. Now, God's given each of us our own voice, and I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. But ultimately, God's voice is still and small, and there's peace. He will not break a bruised reed, and he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on earth. The coasts and islands will wait for his instruction. This is what God, the Lord, says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and, uh, and spirit to those who walk on it. I am the Lord. I have called you for a righteous purpose. And I will hold you by your hand. I will watch over you and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations in order to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who, and those sitting in darkness from the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name. And I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. The past events have indeed happened. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. Give me one second. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praise from the ends of the earth. Uh, this is 42, starting at uh, verse 10. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing his praise from the ends of the earth, who go down to the sea with all that fills it, you coasts and islands with your inhabitants. Let the desert and its city shout with shout. The settlements where Kedar dwells cry aloud. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them cry out from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coast in the coast and islands. The Lord advances like a warrior. He stirs up his zeal like a soldier. He shouts, he roars aloud, he prevails over his enemies. I have kept silent from past ages. For I have kept silent from ages past. I have been quiet and restrained myself, but now I will groan like a woman in labor, gasping breathlessly. I will lay waste 
mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up marshes. I will lead the blind by a way they did not know. I will guide them on paths they have not known. I will turn darkness to light in front of them and rough places into level ground. This is what I will do for them. I will not abandon them. They will be turned back and utterly ashamed, those who trust in an idol. And say to a cast image, you are gods. Listen, you deaf, look, you blind, so that you may see. Who is blind but my servant, or deaf like my messenger? I, I am sending. Who is blind like my dedicated one, or blind like the servant of the Lord? Though seeing many things, you pay no attention. Though his ears are open, he does not listen. Because of his righteousness, the Lord was pleased to magnify his instruction and make it glorious. But this is a people plundered and looted, all of them trapped in holes or imprisoned in dungeons. They have become plunder, with no one to rescue them, and loot, with no one saying, give it back. Who among you will hear this? Let him listen and obey in the future. Who gave Jacob to the robber and Israel to the plunderers? Was it not the Lord? Have we not sinned against him? They were not willing to walk in his ways, and they would not listen to his instructions. So he poured out his furious anger and the power of war on Jacob. It surrounded him with fire, but he did not know it. It burned him, but he didn't take it, take it to heart. Chapter 43. Now this is what the Lord says, the one who created you, Jacob, and the one who formed you, Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I will be with you. When you pass through the when you pass through the waters, and when you pass through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire, and the flame will not burn you. For I am the Holy One, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba, in your place, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I will give people in exchange for you, and nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory, I have formed them. Indeed, I have made them. Bring out a people who are blind and yet have eyes and are deaf yet have ears, all the nations are gathered together and the peoples are assembled. Who among them can declare this and tell us the former things? Let them present their witnesses to vindicate themselves so that people may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. No God was formed before me and there will be none after me. I, I am the Lord. Besides me, there is no Savior. I alone declared, saved and proclaimed, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses. This is the Lord's declaration, and I am God. Also, from today, from to, also from today on, I am He alone, and none can rescue from my power. I act, and who can reverse it? This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, says. Because you, because of you, I will send an army to Babylon and bring all of them as fugitives, even the Chaldeans and the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. This is what the Lord says, who makes a way in the sea and path 
through raging and and a path through raging water who brings out the chariot and horse the army and the mighty one together they lie down they do not rise again they are extinguished put out like a wick do not remember the past events pay no attention to things of old look i am about to do something new god's doing a new thing get ready for overflow look i'm about to do something new even now it is coming do you see it or do you not see it indeed i will make a way in the wilderness rivers in the desert wild animals jackals and ostriches will honor me because i provide water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my chosen people the people i form for myself will declare my praise. But Jacob, you have not called on me, because Israel, you have become weary of me. You have not brought me your sheep for burnt offerings or honored me with your sacrifices. I have not burned you with offerings or wearied you with incense. You have not... You have not bought me aromatic cane with silver or satisfied me with the fat of your sacrifices but you have burdened me with your sins you have wearied me with your iniquities i i sweep away your transgressions for my own sake and remember your sins no more remind me let's argue this case together let's argue the case together recount the facts so that you may be vindicated your first father sinned and your mediators have rebelled against me so I defiled the officers of the sanctuary and set Jacob apart for destruction and Israel for scorn. Chapter 44. And now listen, Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is the word of the Lord, your maker, the one who formed you from the womb. He will help you. Do not fear, Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. They will sprout among the grass like poplars by flowing streams. This one will say, I am the Lord's. Another will use the name of Jacob. Huh. Still another will write at his hand, the Lord's, and take on the name of Israel. He's talking about uh, he's talking about all sorts of different people identifying with him, which is something again we talked about it around the two hour mark with Jesus. This is an open invitation to everybody. That's what he's talking about here. This is Isaiah prophesying that we have to understand that 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 was made possible through Jesus, through what happened, what God did through Jesus. This is what the Lord, the King of Israel, and its Redeemer, the Lord of Armies, says. I am the first and the last. I am the first and I am the last. There is no God but me. Who, like me, can announce the future? Let him say so and make a case before me. Since I have established an ancient people, let, those, let these gods declare the coming things and what will take place. Do not be startled or afraid. Have I not told you and declared it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? Is there no rock? Is there no other, or, sorry, is there any God but me? There is no other rock. I do not know any. All who make idols are nothing, and what they treasure benefits no one. Their witnesses do not see or know anything, so they will be put to shame. Who makes a God or casts a metal image?
that benefits no one. Look, all its worshipers will be put to shame, and the craftsmen are humans. They will be they will assemble and stand. They will all be startled. They all will assemble and stand. They all will be startled and be put to shame. The iron worker labors over the coals, shapes the idol with hammers, and works it with his strong arm. Also, he grows hungry, and his strength fails. He doesn't drink water and is faint. The woodworker stretches out a measuring line. He outlines it with a stylus. He shapes it with chisels and outlines it with a compass. He makes it according to a human form, like a beautiful person, to dwell in a temple. He cuts down cedars for his use, or he takes a cypress or an oak. He lets it grow strong. Among the trees of the forest, he plants a laurel, and the rain makes makes it grow. A person can use it for an idol. He takes some of it and warms himself, and he kindles a, he kindles a fire and bakes bread. He even makes it into a god and worships it. Oof. He makes an idol form up. He makes an idol from it and bows down to it. Hmm. We need to be careful about the images that we created Jesus Christ. I don't remember reading Jesus telling us anywhere to make uh, make something out of wood, put him up on a cross, and bow down to him. I don't remember. I don't remember reading that. I don't remember reading that anywhere in the Bible. I don't remember reading that anywhere in the Bible. It's not there. I don't remember reading that anywhere in the Bible. It's not there. What is there is consistently God telling us not to make images, try to make images of Him. He says that. Thou shalt not make a graven image. This is pretty much all over the Bible. So the question is, why did we choose to do that? If it's not in here, why did we choose to do it? Why did we choose to put Jesus on a cross, put it up for everybody to see in all of our churches, and bow down and pray to it? Why did we choose to do that? Where did Jesus say to do it? He didn't. He didn't say it. You won't find it in the Word. It's not in there. And so we have to be careful about the things that we do in order to honor God that are out of alignment with His Word. We have to be careful of those things. He makes an idol form. He makes an idol from it and bows down to it. He burns half of it in a fire, and he roasts meat on that half. He roasts, and and it satisfies. He warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm. I, set, I see the blaze. He makes a god for his idol with the rest of it. He bows down to it and worships it, and he prays to it. Save me, for you are my god. Such people do not comprehend and cannot understand, for he has shut their eyes, so they cannot see in their minds, so they cannot understand. No one comes to his senses. No one has the perception or insight to say, I burned half of it in the fire. I also baked bread on its coals. I roasted meat and ate. Should I make something detestable with the rest of it? <laughs> Should I bow down to a block of wood? <laughs> he feeds on ashes. His deceived mind has led him astray, and then he cannot rescue himself or say, isn't there a lie in my right hand? Remember these things, Jacob and Israel. For you are my servant. I formed you. You are my servant. Israel, you will never be forgotten by me. I have swept away your transgressions like a cloud and your sins like a mist. Return to me, 
for I have redeemed you. Rejoice, heavens, for the Lord has acted. Shout, depths of the earth, break out into singing, into singing mountains. Break out into singing, mountains, forest, and every tree in it. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob and glorifies himself through Israel. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, who formed you from the womb says, I am the Lord who made everything, who stretched out the heavens by myself, who alone spread out the earth, who destroys the omens of the false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who confounds the wise and, make, and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the message of his servant and fulfills the, the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, she will be inhabited. And to cities of Judah, they will be rebuilt, and I will restore her ruins. Who says to the depths of the sea, be dry, and I, will, and I will dry up your rivers. Who says to Cyrus, my shepherd, he will fulfill all my pleasure, and says to Jerusalem, she will be rebuilt. And of the temple, its foundation will be laid. Chapter 45. The Lord says this to Cyrus as anointed. This is important. Um, this portion, when we're talking about Cyrus, Isaiah wrote this before the prophet Daniel. But this portion, um, I believe it's the prophet Daniel. Let me, I better go there. Since I'm here speaking, I better go there. Make sure I'm right. I don't want to, I don't want to mislead you. I'm going to hold off on it. I'm going to hold off on it. What I was going to talk about, I'm going to hold off on it for now. Maybe at another time. This is what the Lord says this to Cyrus, his anointed, whose right hand I have grasped to subdue the nations before him. And disarms kings to open doors before him, and even city gates will not be shut. I will go before you and level the uneven places. I will shatter the bronze doors and cut the iron bars in twos. I will give you treasures of dark. I will give you the treasures of darkness and riches from secret places that you may know that I am the Lord. I am the God of Israel who calls you by name. I call you by your name for the sake of my servant Jacob and Israel, my chosen one. I gave a name to you. Though you do not know me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is no God but me. I will strengthen you, though you would, though you do not know me, so that all may know from the rising of the sun to its setting that there is no one but me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make success and create disaster. I am the Lord who does all these things. Heaven sprinkle from above and let the sky shower righteousness. Let the earth open up so that the salvation so that salvation will sprout and righteousness will spring up with it. I, the Lord, have created it. Woe to the one who argues with his maker. One clay pot among many. Does clay say to the one forming it, what are, what are you making? Or does your work say he has no hands? Woe to the one who says to his father that... Woe to the one who says to his father, what are you fathering? Or to his mother, what are you giving birth to? This is what the Lord, the Holy One of Israel said. The Holy One of Israel and its maker says. Ask me what is to happen to my sons and instruct me about the work of my hands. I made the earth and created humans on it. I was it was my hands that stretched out the heavens and I commanded everything in them. I have stirred him up in righteousness and will level all roads for him. 
he will rebuild my city and set my exiles free. Not for a price or a bribe, says the Lord of armies. This is what the Lord says. The products of Egypt and the merchandise of Cush and the Sabians, men of stature, will come over to you and will be yours. They will follow you. They will come over in chains and bow down to you. They will confess to you. God is indeed with you and there is no other God. Yes, you are a God who hides. God of Israel. Yes, you are a God who hides, God of Israel, Savior. All of them are put to shame, even humiliated. The makers of idols go in humiliation together. Israel will be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will not be put to shame or humiliated for all eternity. For this is what the Lord says, the creator of the heavens, the God who formed the earth and made it, the one who established it. He did not create it to be a wasteland, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret somewhere in the land of darkness. I will not say to the descendants of Jacob, seek me in a wasteland. I am the Lord who speaks righteously, who declares what is right. Come, gather together and approach you fugitives of the nations, those who carry wooden idols and pray to a God who cannot save and have no knowledge. Speak up and present your case. Yes, let them consult each other. Who predicted this long ago? Who announced it from ancient times? Was it not I, the Lord? There is no other God but me, a righteous God and Savior. There is no one except me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, truth has gone from my mouth, a word that will not be revoked every knee will bow to me every tongue will swear allegiance it will be said about me righteousness and strength are found only in the lord amen amen all who are enraged against him will come to him and be put to shame all descendants of israel will be justified and find glory through the lord i'll tell you i can speak to the truth of this yeah. It will be said about me, righteousness and strength are found only in the Lord. That's true. That's true. Our strength and our righteousness do not they're not of our they're not of ourselves. We have to get we have to go to God for our strength. The strength of men is limited, it will always be limited. Uh, but but there but God is our unending strength. Chapter 46. Bell crouches, Nebo cowers. Idols depicting them are co-signed to beasts and cattle. The images you carry are loaded as a burden for the weary animals. The gods cower. They crouch together. They are not able to rescue the burden, but they themselves go into captivity. Listen to me, house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who have been sustained from the womb, carry along since carried along since birth. I will be the same until your old age, and I will bear you up. When you turn gray, I have made you and I will carry you. I will bear you. I will bear and rescue you. Who will you compare me? Who will you compare me or make me equal to? Who will you measure with me so that we should be like each other? Those who pour out their bags of gold and weigh out silver on scales, they hire a goldsmith and he makes it into a god. Then they kneel and bow down to it. Guys, this is, again, we're talking about the making of idols. We're, we're talking again about it. They lift it up, they lift it to their shoulder and bear it along. They set it in its 
place, and there it stands. It does not budge from its place. They cry out to it, but it doesn't answer. It saves no one from his trouble. Remember this and be brave. Take it to heart, you transgressors. Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. I declare the end from the beginning. And from long ago, what is not yet done, saying, My plan will take place, and I will do all my will. I call a bird of prey from the east, a man for my purpose from a far country. Yes, I have spoken, so I will also bring it about. I have planned it. I will also do it. Listen to me, you hard-hearted, far removed from justice. I am bringing my justice near. Come on, Paige, you can turn. It is not far away, and my salvation will not delay. I will put my salvation. I will put salvation in Zion, my splendor in Israel. Sorry, give me one second. Chapter 47. Go down and sit in the dust, virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground without a throne, daughter Chaldea. For you will no longer be called pampered and spoiled. Take millstones and grind flour. Remove your veil. Strip off your skirt. Bare your thigh. Wade, your, wade through your streams. Your nakedness will be uncovered and your disgrace will be exposed. I will take vengeance. I will spare no one. The Holy One of Israel is our Redeemer. The Lord of Armies is his name. Daughter Chaldea, sit in silence and go into darkness. For you will no longer be called mistress of kingdoms. I was angry with my people. I profaned my possessions and I handed them over to you. You showed them no mercy. You made your yoke very heavy on the elderly. You said, I will be the queen forever. You did not take these things to heart or think about their outcome. So now hear this, lover of luxury, who sits securely, who says to herself, I am and there is no one else. I will never be a widow or know the loss of children. These two things will happen to you suddenly in one day, loss of children and widowhood. They will happen to you in their entirety, in spite of your many sorceries and the potency of your spells. You were secure in your wickedness and said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge led you astray. The Lord rebuke you, watcher. You were secure in your wickedness. Sorry. That was not in the... Uh, Bible. I'm going to start back at chapter 10 or uh, at verse 10 in chapter 47. You were secure in your wickedness. You said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and knowledge led you astray. You said to yourself, I am and there is no one else, but disaster will happen to you and you will not know how to avert it and it will fall on you, but you will be unable to ward it off. Devastation will happen to you suddenly and unexpectedly. So take your stand with your spells and your many sorceries, which you have wearied yourself with from your youth. Perhaps you will be able to succeed. Perhaps you will inspire terror. You are worn out with your many consultations. The Lord rebuke you, watcher. God is speaking about those who do not follow his ways, but I am his child. And I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I command you to leave at once in Jesus' name.
So let the astrologers stand and save you, those who observe the stars, those who predict monthly what will happen to you. Never heard of it. Look, they are like stubble. Fire burns them. They cannot rescue themselves from the power of the flame. This is not a coal for warning themselves or a fire to sit beside. This is what they are to you, those who have wearied you and have traded with you from your youth. Each wanders on his own. Each wanders on his own way. No one can save you. Chapter 48. Listen to this, house of Jacob, those who are called by the name of Israel and have descended from Judah, who swear by the name of the Lord and declare the God of Israel, but not in truth or righteousness. For they are named after the holy city and lean on the God of Israel. His name is the Lord of armies. I declared in the past events long ago, they came out of my mouth. I proclaimed them. Suddenly I acted and they occurred. Because I know that you are stubborn and your neck is iron. Your forehead is bronze. Therefore, I declared to you long ago, I announced it to you before it occurred so you could not claim my idol caused them, my carved image and cast idol control them. You have heard it. Observe it all. Will you not acknowledge it? From now on, I will announce new things to you. Hidden things that you have not known. They have been created now and not long ago. You have not heard of them before today, so you could not claim I already knew them. You have never heard, you have never known. For a long time, your ears have not been open. For I knew that you were very treacherous and were known as a rebel from birth. I will delay my anger for the sake of my name, and I will restrain myself for your benefit and for my praise, so that you will not be destroyed. Look, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. I will act for my own sake, indeed my own, for how can I be defiled? I will not give my glory to another. Listen to me, Jacob and Israel, the one called by me. I am he, I am the first, I am also the last. My own hand founded the earth, and my right hand spread out the heavens. When I summoned them, they stood up together. All of you assemble and listen. Who among the idols has declared these things? The Lord loves him. He will accomplish his will against Babylon, and his arm will be against the Chaldeans. I, I have spoken. Yes, I have called. I have brought him, and he will succeed in his mission. Approach me and listen. Approach me and listen to this. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time... Anything existed, I was there, and now the Lord God has sent me and, and his spirit. This is what the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, says. I am the Lord, your God, who teaches you for your benefit, who leads you in the way you should go. If only you had paid attention to my commands, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been as countless as the sand and the offspring of your body like its grains, their name would not have been cut off or eliminated from my presence. Leave Babylon, flee from the Chaldeans, declare with a shout of joy, proclaim this, let it go out to the end of the earth. Announce, the Lord has redeemed his servant Jacob. They did not, they did not thirst when he led them through the deserts. He made water flow from the rock for them. 
He split the rock and water gushed out. There is no peace for the wicked, says the Lord. Chapter 49. Coasts and islands, listen to me, distant peoples, pay attention. The Lord called me before I was born. He named me while I was in my mother's womb. He made my words like a sharp sword. He hid me in the shadow of his hand. He made me like a sharpened arrow. He hid me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I myself said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and futility. Yet my vindication is with the Lord. And my reward is with my God. I need to go get some water really quickly. BRB. Oh, I've got some. Praise God. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would give me the strength to finish that which you called me to do today. I ask this of you in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, says the Lord, who formed me from the womb to be a servant to bring Jacob back to him so that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength, he says. It, it is not enough for you to be my servant, raising up the tribes of Jacob and restoring the the protected ones of Israel. I will also make you a light for the nations to be my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, his Holy One says, the one who is despised, the one who abhorred, the one abhorred by people to a servant of rulers. Kings will see, princes will stand up, and they will all bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel. He has chosen you. This is what the Lord says. I will answer you and a time of favor, and I will help you in the day of salvation. I will keep you and I will appoint you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land, to make them possess the desolate inheritance, saying to the prisoners, come out, and to those who are in darkness, show yourselves. They will feed among the pathways, and their pastures will be on all the barren heights. They will not hunger or thirst. The scorching heat or sun will not strike them for their compassionate one will guide them and lead them to springs. I will make all my mountains into a road and my highways will be raised up. These will come from far away from the North and from the East and from the land of Sinim. Shout for joy. You heavens earth rejoice mountains break into joyful shouts for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. Zion says the Lord has abandoned me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child or lack Compassion for the child of her womb, even if these forget, yet I will not forget you. Look, I have inscribed you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Your builders hurry those who destroy and devastate you. Those who destroy and devastate you will leave you. Look up and look around. They all gather together. They come to you. As I live, this is the Lord's declaration. You will wear, you will wear all your children as jewelry and put them on as a bride does for your waste and desolate places in your land marked by ruins will now be indeed too small for the inhabitants and those who sw who swallowed you up will be far away yet as you listen the children that you have been deprived of will say this place is too small for me make room for me so that i may settle 
Then you will say within yourself, Who has fathered these for me? I was deprived of my children and unable to conceive, exiled exiled and wandering, but who brought them up? See, I w- was left by myself, but these... But these, where did they come from? This is what the Lord God says. Look, I will lift up my hand to the nations and raise my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and your daughters will be carried on their shoulders. Kings will be your guardians and their queens, your nursing mothers. They will bow down to you with their faces to the ground and lick the dust at your feet. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who put their hope in me will not be put to shame. Can the prey be taken from a mighty man or the captives of a tyrant be delivered? For this is what the Lord says, even the captives of a mighty man will be taken. And the prey of a tyrant will be delivered. I will contend with one who contends with you, and I will save your children. I will make your oppressors eat their own flesh, and they will be drunk with their own blood, as with sweet wine. Then all people will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. All right, I am going to take, I'm going to read chapter 50, and then I'm going to take a quick break just to give my... uh, Get a little bit more water. Chapter 50. This is what the Lord says. Where is your mother's divorce certificate that I used to send her away? Or to which of my creditors did I sell you? Look, you were sold for your iniquities and your mother was sent away because of your transgressions. Was there no one there when I came? Why was there no one to answer when I called? Is my arm too weak to redeem? Or have I no power to rescue? Look, I dry up the sea by my rebuke. The river... I turn rivers into a wilderness. Their fish rot because of lack of water and die of thirst. I dress the heavens in black and make sackcloth their clothing. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are instructed to know how to sustain the weary with a word. He awakens me each morning. He awakens my ear to listen like those being instructed. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn back. I gave my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who tore out my beard. I did not hide my face from scorn and spitting. The Lord will help me. Therefore, I have not been humiliated. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. The one who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us confront each other. Who? Let us confront each other. Who has a case against me? Let him come near. Let him come near me. In truth, the Lord God will help me. Who will condemn me? Indeed, all of them will wear out like a garment. A moth will devour them. Who among you fears the Lord and listens to his servant? Who among you walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord. Let him lean on his God. Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with torches, walk in the light of your fire and of the torches you have lit. This is what you'll get from my hand. You will lie down in a place of torment. All right, I'm going to I'm going to take a quick break and get some water. All right, I'm going to take a quick praise break and then uh we'll get back to reading. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars 
I hear your rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art. How great thou To the person who God has had me do this for. I want you to know that you're not alone. Though you feel alone and though it looks like truth is not around, it is around you and it is in you. And though we may not be together in the physical, I am sitting with you in the spirit. Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would give this person to whom this is for the eyes of discernment to see all of your angels that are sitting around them. I ask this of you in your name, Father. And now we finish the work that you have set before us in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your fathers, and to Sarah who gave birth to you. When I called him, he was only one. I blessed him and made him many, for the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and melodious song. Pay attention to me, my people. Listen to me, my nation. For instruction will come from me, and my justice for a light to the nations. I will bring it about quickly. My righteousness is near, and my salvation appears, and my arms will bring justice to the nations. The coasts and the islands will put their hope in, in me, and they will look to my strength and look up to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and its inhabitants will die like gnats. But my salvation will last forever, and my righteousness will never be shattered. Listen to me, you who know, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my instruction. Do not fear disgrace by men, and do not be shattered by their taunts. For the moths will devour them like a garment, and worms will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will last forever and my salvation for all generations. Wake up, wake up, arm of the Lord, clothe yourself with strength. Wake up in days past, as in generations long ago. Wasn't it you who hacked Rahab into pieces? 
who pierced the sea monster. Rahab is a sea monster. It's also a name of a character in the Bible in another place, but in this instance, it's a it's a sea monster. Wasn't it you who dried up the sea, the waters of the great deep, who made the sea bed into a road for the redeemed to pass over? And the redeemed of the Lord will return and come to Zion with singing, crowned with unending joy. Joy and gladness will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee. I, I am the one who comforts you. Who are you that you should fear humans who die, or a son of man who was given up like grass? But you have forgotten the Lord your Maker, who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. You are in constant dread all day long, because of the fury of the oppressor, who has set himself to destroy, but where there is fury of the oppressor. The prisoner is soon to be set free. He will not die and go to the pit, and his food will not be lacking. For I am po- for I am the Lord your God, who sits up in the seas so that its waves roar. His name is the Lord of armies. I have put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand, in order to plant the heavens, to found the earth, to say to Zion, You are my people. Wake yourself. Wake yourself up. Stand up, Jerusalem. You have drunk the cup of his fury from the Lord's hand. You have drunk the goblet of the dregs, the cup that causes people to stagger. There is no one to guide her among all the children. She she is raised. There is no one to take hold of her hand among all the offspring she has brought up. These two things have happened to you, devastation and destruction, famine and sword. Who will grieve for you? How can I comfort you? Your children have fainted. They lie at the head of every street like an antelope in a net. They are full of the Lord's fury, the rebuke of your God. So listen to this, suffering and drunken one, but not with wine. This is what your Lord says. The Lord, even your God, who defends his people, look, I have removed from your hand the cup that has caused staggering, the goblet, the goblet, the cup of my fury. You will never drink it again. I will put it into the hands of your tormentors. He said to you, Lie down so we can walk over you. You made your back like ground and like a street for those who walk on it. Chapter 52. Wake up, wake up, put on your strength, Zion. Wake up, wake up, put on your strength, Zion. Wake up, wake up, put on your strength, Zion. Wake up, wake up. Put on your beautiful garments, Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer enter you. Amen. Stand up and shake the dust off your feet. Take your seat, Jerusalem. Remove the bonds from your neck, captive daughter Zion. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and you will be redeemed without silver. Amen. You were sold for nothing, and you will be redeemed without silver. For this is what the Lord God says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to reside there. Then Assyria oppressed them without cause. So now, what I have here, or so now, what have I here? This is the Lord's declaration that my people are taken away for nothing. For nothing? Its rulers wail. This is the Lord's declaration. And my name is continually blasphemed all day long. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, they will know on that day that I am he who says, Here I am. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace, who brings news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voices, shouting for joy together, for every eye will see when the Lord returns to Zion. Be joyful, 
Rejoice together, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has com comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has displayed his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. All the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. Leave, leave, go out from here. Do not touch anything unclean. Go out from... <laughs> Sorry. Leave, leave, go out from there. Do not touch anything unclean. Go out from her. Pur purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. For you will not leave in a hurry, and you will not t have to take flight, because the Lord is going before you, and the God of Israel is your rear guard. See, my servant will be successful. He will be raised up, raised and lifted up, and greatly exalted. Just as many people were, just as many were appalled at you, his appearance was so disfigured that he did not look like a man, and his form did not resemble a human being. So he will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths because of him. For they will see what had not been told them, and they will understand what they had not heard. That is, um, that's about Jesus. He was, uh, when God sent him, the world rejected him. Not all of the world. But the world, the world that wanted to go its own way, rejected him and they beat him. And he had to die the most excruciating death that um, human beings have ever been able to come up with, crucifixion. Uh, and before that, he was so badly beaten. There was this thing called a cat of nine tails that they used. That was a whip that they would put, but it had um, metal at the end of it. So that when you whip somebody, it actually grabbed into their skin and tore it away from them. So he was so disfigured that uh, people could barely even recognize him. He did that for you. He did that so that you didn't have to bear the same. And that through his pain and his suffering, uh, we could live a new way. We could receive the Holy Spirit. We could believe in what God did through him. And for his obedience to God, he was resurrected from the dead. Proving that for anyone who follows the way, the truth, and the life, that there is no death but only life. That that's what that's about. That's what it costs. It costs that type of it costs that on our behalf. Chapter fifty three. Who has believed what we what we have heard, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that we should look at him, nor appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. This is also talking about Jesus. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and we didn't value him. Yet he, he himself bore our sickness and carried away our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our rebellion and crushed because of our iniquities. Punishment for our peace was on him. And we were healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all turned to our own way and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb led to slaughter. And like a sheep silent before the, her shears, he did not open his mouth. 
He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked. But he was with a rich man at his death because he had gone done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Um, Jesus uh, was crucified amongst two people who had committed crimes uh, because the Roman Empire was that ruthless that they just they, they crucified a lot of people and Jesus um, he was crucified in between two criminals um, and so this uh, he was assigned a grave with the wicked um, but he was with a rich man at his death there was a man who was of the Jews who didn't agree with what happened and he was wealthy um, and he gave Jesus his, his burial place that he had purchased because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. Yet the Lord was pleased to crush him severely. When you make him a guilt offering, he will see his seed, he will prolong his days. And by his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. Will justify many. He will justify many, but you have to choose it. You have to choose it. You have to choose it. He will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and they will receive the mighty as spoil. Because he willingly submitted to death and was counted among the rebels, he, yet he bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Uh, he willingly submitted to death. There is a time in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, where Jesus is praying to God and he says, Father, if this cup can pass from me, please let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he truly willingly submitted to it. He, he, he could have chosen to not do what God had asked him to do. Uh, and this is the only way because it was written. It was written in the prophets. God called it long ago and it became. Um, and, and so th that's why it had to happen. Um, and he was, he was scared. The Bible says he was scared. Um, it doesn't say it exactly that way, but, it, but he was so in anguish that it says that when he was crying, he was crying tears of blood. Um, Literally, he was killed with the most ruthless way that we know how to, that humans have ever come up with to kill people, to kill someone. Uh, that That is how awful it was. And he willingly submitted to that. Um, just. That is your, that is your savior. That is, that is, that is the heart of God. The heart of God that is willing to go through the most painful, painful thing ever. Like, don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. Don't ever, don't let ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. This Jesus came and willingly went through the most painful death that human beings have ever come up with 
And, and he did that knowing that you would be hearing this message. He did that because he loves you. He knew that you would need this. He did it for you. You, the person hearing my voice, he did that for you. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how terrible you think you are. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. There is nothing that you could do apart from reject his free gift that could ever keep you separated from God. His free gift of salvation. He's, he's, all he's asking for is a relationship. And if you'll just accept that, that's, that's literally all he's asking for. He wants your heart. He wants the relationship that he wanted before you were ever born. That, that's the, the most amazing gift that, like, there, like, there's no catch. He just wants to, he just wants to, he wants a relationship. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. Don't ever let anybody tell you that God doesn't love you. Rejoice, child, this one, who did not give birth, burst into song and shout. You, This is chapter 54. You who have not, not been in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the sight of your tent and let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep, for you will spread out the right you will spread out to the right and to the left, and your descendants will dispossess the nations and inhabit the desolate ones. Do not be afraid, for you will not be put to shame. Do not be humiliated, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will no longer remember the disgrace of your widowhood. Indeed, your husband is your maker. His name is the Lord of armies, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is God. He is, he is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and wounded in spirit, a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says your God. I deserted you for a brief moment, but I will take you back with abundant compassion. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but I will have compassion on you with everlasting love, says the Lord, your Redeemer. For this is like the days of Noah to me, when I swore that the water of Noah would never flood the earth again. So I have sworn that I will never be angry with you or rebuke you. Though the mountains move and the hills shake, my love will not be removed from you, and my covenant of peace will not be shaken, says your compassionate Lord. Poor Jerusalem, storm-tossed and not comforted. I will set your stones in, your, in black mortar and lay your foundations in lapis lazuli. I will make your fortifications out of rubies and your gates out of sparkling stones. All your walls out of precious stones, then all your children will be taught by the Lord. Their prosperity will be great, and you will be established on a foundation of righteousness. You will be far from oppression. You will certainly not be afraid. You will be far from terror. It will certainly not come near you. If anyone attacks you, it is not from me. Whoever attacks you will fall before you. This is a promise that was received. The, the, the Jewish people and 
a lot of God's children, but the Jewish people specifically, uh, you know, when you, when you read this 54, 15, if anyone attacks you, it's not for me. Whoever attacks you will fall before you. Uh, when we think about what happened in World War II with the Holocaust and everything, and you see that promise, you know, there were some people who were trying to justify that as like uh, an act of an act of God. That I'm not. That's not right. That isn't true. And thank God for the Word of God that says it's not true. He's saying from this moment forward. That's what he's saying here. He's saying from this moment forward, if anyone attacks you, it is not for me. Whoever attacks you will fall before you. And the word of God is true. They went through terrible atrocities. Terrible atrocities. But their enemy fell. The enemy fell. Praise God. Look, I have created the craftsman who blows on the charcoal of fire and produces a weapon suitable for its task, and I have created the destroyer to cause havoc. No weapon formed against you will succeed, amen, and you will refute any accusation raised against you in court. This is the heritage of the servants, of the Lord's servants, and their vindication is from me. This is the Lord's declaration, amen. Come, everyone who is thirsty, come to the water, you without silver. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without silver and without cost. Why do you spend silver on what is not food and your wages on what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and you will enjoy the choicest of foods. Pay attention and come to me. Listen so that you will live. I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindness of David. Since I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples, so you will summon a nation you do not know. And nations who do not know you will run to you, for the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call to him while he is near. Let the wicked one abandon his way, and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him, and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, so he may have compassion on him and, and to our God, for he will for, freely forgive. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your and your ways are not my ways. This is the Lord's declaration. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout, and providing seed to sow and food to eat, so my, so my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. Amen. Amen. You will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. The mountains and the hills will break into singing before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush, a cypress will come up. Instead of a briar, instead of the briar, a myrtle will come up. This will stand as a monument for the for the Lord, an everlasting sign that will not be destroyed. Chapter fifty six. This is what the Lord says. Preserve justice and do what is right, for my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy is the person who does this, the son of man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. No foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, the Lord will exclude me from his people. No foreigner, no foreigner, no foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord should say, the Lord will exclude me from his people. And the eunuch should not say, look, I am dried 
a dried up tree. For the Lord says this, for the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath and choose what pleases me and hold firmly to my covenant, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. As for the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord, to the to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to become his servants. And all who keep the Sabbath will, without desecrating it and who hold firmly to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, for all nations, for all nations. This is the declaration of the Lord God who gathers the dispersed of Israel. I will gather them still others besides those already gathered. All you animals of the field and forest, come and eat. Israel's watchmen are blind. All of them, they know nothing. All of them are mute dogs. They cannot bark. They dream. They lie down. They love to sleep. These dogs have fierce appetites. They never have enough. And they are shepherds who have no discernment. All of them turn their own way. Every last one of one for his own prophet. Every last one for his own prophet. We got to be careful. We have to be careful. Money and the things of God do not, they, they can't coexist. They can't. They can't. You cannot serve both God and money. Jesus said it. Come, let me get some wine. Let's guzzle some beer. And tomorrow will be like today, only far better. Come. Let me guzzle some wine. Let's guzzle some beer. And tomorrow will be like today, only far better. That's what he's saying about these people. Unrighteous leaders. Are, are, they were condemned. That's that's what he's talking about here. This is now chapter 57. The righteous person perishes and no one takes it to heart. The faithful are taken away with no one realizing that the righteous person is taken away because of evil. He will enter into peace and they will rest on their bodies. Everyone who lives uprightly. But come here, you witches' sons, offspring of an adulterer and a prostitute. Who are you mocking? Who are you opening your mouth and sticking out your tongue at? Isn't it you, you rebellious children, you offspring of liars, who burn with lust among the oaks under every green tree, who slaughter children in the wadis below the clefts of the rocks? Your portion is among the smooth stones of the wadi. Indeed, they are your lot. You have enough... You have even poured out a drink offering to them. You have offered a grain offering. Should I be satisfied with these? You have placed your bed on a high and lofty mountain. You also went up there to offer a sacrifice. You have set up a memorial behind the door and doorpost. For away from me, you stripped and went up and made your bed wide and made a bargain for yourself with them. You have loved their bed you have gazed on their genitals. You went to the king with oil and multiplied your perfumes. You sent your envoys far away and sent them down to, even to Sheol. You became weary on your many journeys, but you did not say it is hopeless. You found a re renewal of your strength. Therefore, you did not grow weak. Who was it you dreaded and feared so that you lied down and didn't remember me or take it to heart? I have kept silent for a long time, haven't I? So you do not fear me. I will announce your righteousness and your works. They will not profit you. 
when you cry out, let your collection of idols rescue you. <laughs> He's saying that those who have rejected him, he said, when you cry out, let your collection of idols rescue you. The wind will carry all of them off. A breath will take them away. <clears throat> Pardon me. The wind will carry all of them off. A breath will take them away. But whoever takes refuge in me will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. He said, build it up, build it up, prepare the way, remove every obstacle from every people's way. For the, Lord, for the high and exalted one who lives forever, whose name is holy, says this. I live in a high and holy place and with the oppressed and lowly of spirit to receive the spirit of the lowly and revive the, the heart of the oppressed. For I will not accuse you forever and I will not always be angry for when the spirit would grow weak before me, for then the spirit would grow weak before me. Even the breath which I have made because of his sinful greed, I was angry. So I struck him. I was angry and hid, but he went on turning back to the desires of his heart. I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and, and restore him to him and his mourners, creating a word of praise. The Lord says, peace, peace to the one who is far and near, and I will heal him. But the wicked are like a storm-tossed sea, for it cannot be still, and its water turns up mire and muck. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. Chapter 58. Cry out loudly. Don't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. They seek me day after day and delight to know my ways. Like a nation that does what is right and does not abandon the justice of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight in the nearness of God. Why have we fasted, but you have not seen? We have denied ourselves, but you have not noticed. Look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all your workers. You fast with, with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. Will the fast I choose be like this, a day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed, to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this fast and fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is this, isn't this the fast that I have chosen? To break the chains of wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to tear off every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, to bring poor, the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him? and to not ignore your own flesh and blood? Then your light will appear like the dawn, and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, and the Lord's glory will be your rear guard. At that time, when you call, the Lord will answer. When you cry out, he will say, Here I am. If you get rid of the yoke among you, the, point, the finger pointing and malicious speaking, and if you offer yourself to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted one, then your light will shine in the darkness, and your night will be like the noonday. The Lord will always lead you, satisfy you in a parched land, and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden and like a spring whose water never runs dry. Some of you will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will restore the foundations laid long ago. You will be called the repairer of the broken walls, the restorer of the streets where people live. If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own way, seeking your own pleasure, or talking business. Then you will delight in the Lord, and I will make 
you ride on the heights of the land and let your and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I don't know if you've heard over the past few chapters, but he's mentioned the Sabbath quite a bit. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with what the Sabbath is, so I'm just going to explain what it is. Um, God created... The, the creation story tells us that God created the earth in, in uh, six days. Now, the Bible also tells us that the uh, with the Lord a, a day as... It, if a thousand years and a thousand years is, is this if a day. So whether these are six literal days or, or, or you know, there were different ages of time, uh, we're, we're not 100% sure, but we actually set up our calendar in a way that um, also works with this. It's a seven-day calendar. Because it took God seven, six days to make everything. And on the seventh day, what he called his Sabbath was the holy day. And Sabbath means to rest. Um, and the reason why it exists, and Jesus came by, you know, at first, religion tried to make it like this thing where um, we basically were like, well, God said we got to do this. We got to do it. Um, and then Jesus came and tried to show us the heart and the spirit behind the law. And what the reason why God made it is, and it is really important, it's important for us to, to set it apart as holy. It's about resting with God. It's about honoring God with a day of our time. Uh, and we should walk with him always, but specifically on this day, it's, it's about thanking him and really taking the time to rest, to, 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 be with him and rest with him like he rested on the seventh day. Um, and, you know, this this prophet is telling us how important the Sabbath is to God. And so, you know, whenever this is being heard or wherever it's being heard from, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, the Sabbath is important. Um, it's the the end of the week, whatever the end of the week looks like to you. Um Traditionally, uh, the the first day of the week has been Sunday, and the last day of the week has been Saturday. So Saturday is the Sabbath. Um, and, you know, the Bible also tells us that there was evening and then there was morning the first day. And so typically the Sabbath starts on Friday evening into Saturday night. So Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown is the way that it's been. So, um, and it's really, it, it is about just truly resting, not doing any work and just being with God. Chapter 59. Okay, we're back. Chapter 59. Indeed, the Lord's, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save and his ear is not too deaf to hear. But your iniquities are separating you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not listen. This is why, uh, this is true, and this is why we have to order our conduct right. Um, we have to walk in alignment with what he says. Uh, and this is why it's important that we have the Holy Spirit who can help guide us and do these things. And that came again about because of Jesus. Um, for all of us, before it used to be like only prophets like Isaiah and some kings. Uh, 
received uh, the Holy Spirit, but Jesus made it available to all people through accepting this free gift uh, of relationship. Um, but when we order our conduct right, you know, it says right here, when we're operating out of alignment with who God is, um, and we're not really, and we, we, we genuinely don't seek him. Well, we don't do those things. He doesn't really listen to us, right? I mean, and uh, again, it's not about getting anything from him, but it's just like, I mean, think about just a friend that you have. If you did things that you knew, like, hurt them on a regular basis, how is that relationship going to end up being? It's going to be hard. It's, it, it, like, it's probably not going to go that great. It, it won't. And so it's the same thing. You can think of it in a very similar way. But your iniquities are separating you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he does not listen. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue smutter injustice. No one makes cl claims justly. No one pleads honestly. They trust in empty and worthless words. They conceive trouble and give birth to iniquity. They hatch vipers' eggs and weave spiders' webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Crack, crack one open and a viper is hatched. Their webs cannot, be, cannot become clothing and they cannot cover themselves with their works. Their works are sinful works and violent acts are in, the hand, are in their hands. Their feet run after evil and they rush to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are sinful thoughts and ruin ruin and wretchedness are in their paths they have not known the path of peace he, he's talking about a lot of things here um but you have to understand he he's he's using illusion not illusion um illustration he's using illustration to talk about these types of people what does a spider do well a spider catches people in its web what is a viper a viper is a snake um and He's saying that, like, no matter what they do to try and hide from what they've done that's wrong, you know, the webs that they weave will not be able to hide them. And he's saying, don't eat. You know, when you say, if you crack their eggs, you know, you have to crack an egg before you cook it uh, to, to eat. Uh, he's saying, if you crack one of their eggs, um, where is it? A viper's hatched. <laughs> Whoever eats their eggs will die. Crack one open and a viper is hatched. He's, he, he's trying to give us warning that if we eat from and walk in agreement with people who are evil, uh, we are going to, we can turn that out that way. So he, he's trying to give us a warning. So, Their thoughts are sinful thoughts and, and ruin and wretchedness are in their paths. They have not known the path of peace. There is no justice in their ways. They have made their roads crooked. No one walks on them. No one who walks on them will know peace. That's a pretty important thing. Therefore, justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light. By the way, justice is the way God uh, d defines it. It's not the way that we define justice. Justice... Real justice is justice that is defined by what God's word says. That's super important because we in the world have gotten away from that. 
we've tried to prescribe it the way that we feel that that justice should be done. And the truth of the matter is that God is the only one who can really administer justice. He tries to do it through us, but he can only do it through us if we choose to listen to him. We choose to seek his word and choose to seek him. So that, that's super important. Sorry. Therefore, justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us. We hope for light, but there is darkness. For brightness, but we live in the night. We grope all. We grope along the wall like the blind. We grope like those without eyes. We stumble at noon as though it were twilight. We are like the dead among those who are healthy. We all growl like bears and moan like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. For our transgressions have multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and we know our iniquities. And we know our iniquities, transgression and deception against the Lord, turning away from following our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering lying words from the heart. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For truth has stumbled in the public square. And honesty cannot enter. We got a problem with that. Nobody wants to speak the truth in the public square anymore. Truth is missing and whoever turns from evil is plundered. The Lord saw that there was no justice and he was offered. And he was offended. The Lord saw that there was no justice, and he was offended. He saw that there was no man. He was amazed that there was no one interceding. So his own arm brought salvation, and his own righteousness supported him. He put on righteousness as a body. He put on righteousness as body armor and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and he wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloth. So he will repay according to their deeds. Fury to his enemies, retribution to his foes, and he will repay the coasts of the and, and islands. They will, and he will repay the coasts and islands. They will fear the name of the Lord in the west and his glory in the east, for he will come like a rushing stream driven by the wind of the Lord. The Redeemer will come out of Zion, and those, and to those in Jacob who turn from transgression. This is the Lord's declaration. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from their or from the mouths of your children's children from now on and forever, says the Lord. Chapter 60. Arise, shine your light. Arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines over you. For look, Darkness will cover the earth and total darkness the peoples, but the Lord will shine over you and his glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your shining brightness. Raise your eyes and look around. They all gather and come to you. Your sons will come from far away and your daughters on the hips of nannies. Uh, God is saying here that those who walk in his ways, his light will shine over them. And even in the greatest darkness, uh, it will be the only light in the world. And so people who are, who, nobody wants to be in the dark. You know, people will notice this light and they will come to it. That's the way that we're supposed to spread God's love. To be God's love through relationship with him and through submission and, and, and to, to his Holy Spirit and walking in love, walking in the Holy Spirit and walking in relationship. And then he, he will draw people to himself. Then you will see and be radiant and your heart will tremble and rejoice because the riches of the sea will become yours and the wealth of the nations will be, will come to you. 
Caravans of camels will cover your land. Young camels of Midian and Ephah. All of them will come from Sheba. They will carry gold and frankincense and proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar will be gathered to you. The rams of Nebaioth Nebaioth (laughs) will serve you and go up on my altar as an acceptable sacrifice. I will glorify my beautiful house. Who are these who fly like a cloud, like doves to their shelters? Yes, the coasts and islands will wait for me with the ships of Tarshish in the lead to bring your children from far away, their silver and gold with them, for the honor of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Foreigners will rebuild your walls and their kings will serve you. Although I struck you in my wrath, yet I will show mercy to you with my favor. Your city gates will be always be open. They will never shut, never be shut day or night so that the wealth of the nations may be brought into you with their kings being led in procession for the nations in the kingdom that will not serve you will perish. Those nations will be annihilated. The glory of Lebanon will come to you. It's pine, elm, and cypress together to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will glorify my dwelling place. The sons of your oppressors will come and bow down to you. All who reviled you will fall face down at your feet. They will call you the city of the Lord. Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Instead of your being deserted and hated with no one passing through, I will make you an object of eternal pride, a joy from age to age. You will nurse on the milk of nations and nurse at the breast of kings. You will know that I, the Lord, am your Savior and Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. I will bring gold instead of bronze. I will bring silver instead of iron. I will bring bronze instead of wood and iron instead of stones. I will appoint peace as your government and righteousness as your overseers. Violence will never again be heard in your land. Devastation and destruction will be gone from your borders. You will call your walls salvation and your city gates praise. The sun will no longer be your light by day and the bright and the brightness of the moon will not shine on you. The Lord will be your everlasting life, light and your God will be your splendor. Your sun will no longer set and your moon will not fade for the Lord will be your everlasting light. The days of your sorrow will be over. All your people will be righteous and they will possess the land forever. They are the branch I planted, the work of my hands, so that I may be glorified. The least will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. I am the Lord. I will accomplish it quickly in its time. Uh, This part's really cool. The sun will no longer be your light by day and the brightness of the moon will not shine on you. The Lord will be your everlasting light. Uh, there's a book called the book of revelation and they talk about that in the new Jerusalem. It's interesting to see how much of what's written about in that book was also talked about by the prophet Isaiah. Um, and and how how much of it kind of is a mere image. Now, John who wrote the book, uh, when he was exiled on Patmos was himself a Jew. Uh, so he would have understood the Hebrew Bible, um, but it's beautiful to see how God in different generations is taking the same word that he spoke and continuing on that promise uh, that, that those things will happen. But we have to understand that this comes with, with our obedience. 
right? This comes with our obedience. We have to choose it. We have to choose it. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. This is chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair. And they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. Uh, Jesus read this portion, but he stopped somewhere. Um, he said he stopped in the middle of two, is 61-2. So he read this part, and then he stopped. I'm going to read it again because this is actually really important for you to understand. The Spirit of the Lord God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to pro proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He stopped there. Um, now, we read in these things called books. I don't know if this is true or not, but Jesus was reading from a scroll, and it's perhaps that... Uh, the scroll that he was reading as he rolled open to where he was supposed to read, perhaps that's where it stopped and he would have had to go over to the, and roll it a little bit more open. Uh, but that in and of itself is from God's divinity that something like that would have taken place. Um, so when we read this, it says, you know, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance to comfort all who mourn to provide those to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, festive oil instead of mourning, and splendid clothes instead of despair, and they will be called righteous trees planted by the Lord to glorify him. You know, that 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 portion is that portion is the portion, I believe, where the book of Revelation picks up uh, from Isaiah's prophecies here. Jesus carried the, the banner to here the first time. Uh, and, and the book of Revelation talks about his second coming and the regeneration of all things. And I believe that that is what we are getting ready to go through here uh, in this time. And uh, maybe you'll maybe you'll see this, you know, before that comes or maybe you'll see it after. Uh, I'm not I'm not really sure. Maybe you'll see this video after. But uh, know that that's what's that's what's either going to take place or has recently taken place. Uh, at the time of, uh, of you uh, listening to this. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore the former devastations. They will renew the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed, on, and feed your flocks, and foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you will be called the Lord's priests. They will speak of you as ministers of our God. You will eat, of the, you will eat the wealth of the nations, and you will boast in their riches. In place of your shame, you will have a double portion. In place of disgrace, they will rejoice over their share. So they will possess a double. They will possess double in their land, and eternal joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and injustice. I will faithfully reward my people, and make a permanent covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations, and their posterity among the peoples. All who see them will recognize that they are a people 
the Lord has blessed. I rejoice greatly in the Lord. I exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of, with the garments of salvation and wrapped me in a robe of righteousness, as a groom wears a turban and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth produces its growth, and as garden enable and as a garden enables what is sown to spring up, so the Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. That bride and groom such uh, discussion here that was in there is it's important. It's an it's an imagery that's used uh, in the New Testament quite a bit. The New Testament is, if you're not aware of what that is, it's the portion of the Bible that. Uh, it, it has the gospel accounts uh, of what it was like when Jesus was here. It also has the book of Revelation, and it has a bunch of letters that were written by people who followed Jesus. I will not keep silent because of Zion. I will not keep silent because of Jerusalem. This is uh, chapter 62. I will not keep silent because of Zion, and I will not keep silent because of Jerusalem until her righteousness shines like a bright light and her salvation like a flaming torch nations will see your righteousness and all kings your glory you will give you will be given a new name that the lord's mouth will announce amen this is also in the book of revelation you will be a glorious crown in the lord's hand and a royal diadem in the palm of your god's hand you will no longer be called deserted you will no longer be called deserted and your land will not be desolate will not be called desolate instead you will be called my delight is in her and your land married for the Lord delights in you and your land will be married for as young, a young man marries a young woman. So your sons will marry you. And as a groom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you again, that marriage um, illustration. Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen on your walls. They will never be silent day or night. There is no rest for you who remind the Lord, do not give him rest until he establishes and makes Jerusalem the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn with his right hand and, it, and his strong arm, I will no longer give your grain to your enemies for food and foreigners will not drink the new wine for which you have labored. For those who gather grain will eat it and I will praise and praise the Lord. And those who harvest the grapes will drink the wine in my holy courts. Go out, go out through the city gates, prepare a way for the people. Build it up, build up the highway, clear away the stones, raise a banner for the peoples. Look, the Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth. Say to the daughter, say to daughter Zion, look, your salvation is coming. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. And they will be called the holy people, the Lord's redeemed. And you will be called cared for a city, not deserted. Chapter 63, the day of the Lord's vengeance is the title of this one. Uh, of this chapter. Who is coming from Edom in crimson-stained garments from Basra? This one who is splendid in his apparel, striding in his formidable might. It is I proclaiming vindication, powerful to save. Why are your clothes red and your, gar and your garments like one who treads a wine press? I trampled the wine press alone and no one from the nations was with me. I trampled them in my anchor. I trampled them in my anger and ground them underfoot in my fury. Their blood spattered my garments, and all my clothes were stained. For I planned the day of vengeance, and the year of, the of my redemption came. I looked, but there was no one to help, and I was amazed 
that no one assisted, so my arm accomplished victory for me, and my wrath assisted me. I crushed nations in my anger. I made them drunk with my wrath and poured out their blood on the ground. I will make known the Lord's faithful love and the Lord's praiseworthy acts because of the Lord, because of all the Lord has done for us, even the many good things he has done for the house of Israel, which he did for them based on his compassion and the abundance of his faithful love. He said, they are indeed my people, children who will not be disloyal. And he became their savior in all their suffering he suffered, and the angel of his presence saved them. He redeemed them because of his love and compassion. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of the past, but they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he became their enemy and fought against them. Then he remembered the days of the past, the days of Moses and his people, where he, where, where is he who brought them out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit among the flock? He made his glorious strength available at the right hand of Moses, divided the waters before them and made it to make an eternal name for himself and led them through the depths like a horse in the wilderness so that they did not stumble like cattle that go down into the valley. The spirit of the Lord gave them rest. You led your people this way to make a glorious name for yourself. Look down from heaven and see from your lofty home, holy and beautiful. Where is your zeal and your might? Your yearning and your compassion are withheld from me. Yet you are father. You are our father, even though Abraham does not know us and Israel doesn't recognize us. You, Lord, are our father. Your name is our redeemer from ancient times. Why, Lord, do you make us stray? From your ways, you harden our hearts so we do not fear you. Return because your servants, the tribes of your heritage, your holy people, ha had a possession for a little while, but our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We have become like those who never ruled, like those who did not bear your name. Chapter 64. If only you would tear the heavens open and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. Just as... Fire kindles brushwood and fire boils water to make your name known to your enemies so that nations will tremble at your presence. When you did awesome works that we did not expect, you who came down in the mountains quaked at your presence. From ancient times, no one has heard. No one has listened to you. No eye has seen any God except you who acts on behalf of the one who waits for him. You welcome the one who joyfully does what is right. They remember you in your ways, but we have sinned and you were angry. We have been saved. How can we be saved if we remain in our sins? That's a good question. All of us becomes like something unclean and all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. No one calls on your name striving to take hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and made us melted because and made us melt because of our iniquity yet the lord yet lord you are our father we are the clay and you are the, our potter we are all the work of your hands lord do not be terribly angry do not be terribly angry or remember your iniquity forever please look all all of us are your people your holy cities have become a wilderness Zion has become a wilderness, Jerusalem a desolation. 
our holy and beautiful temple where our fathers praised you has been burned down and all that we and all that was dear to us lies in ruins lord after all this will you restrain yourself will you keep silent and afflict us severely chapter 65 i was sought by those who did not ask i was found by those who did not seek me i said here i am here i am to a nation that did not call on my name i spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the path that is not good following their own thoughts these people continually anger me to my face sacrificing in gardens burning incense on bricks sitting among the graves spending nights in secret places eating meat of pigs Whoa. Eating the meat of pigs and putting polluted broth in their bowls. They say, keep to yourself. Don't come near me, for I am too holy for you. These practices are smoke in my nostrils, a fire that burns all day long. Look, it is written in front of me. I will not keep silent, but I will repay. I will repay them fully for your iniquities and the iniquities of your fathers together, says the Lord, because they burned incense on the mountains and reproached me on the hills. I will reward them fully for their former deeds. Deeds. I said, whoa, when he said, don't eat the meat of pigs, because uh, he was just convicting me that that's something that I need to work on. Um, it's part of another portion of the Bible, if you haven't read it, uh, where he tries to tell us the foods that are here that are good for us. He actually originally tells us that the, uh, that, the fruit and the trees and you know, the herbs and stuff. Those are the things that he gave us for food. But when we chose our own way, um, he then allowed us to eat certain meats and animals, but he said the ones that we, that we shouldn't eat. And a uh, pig is one of them. That, so that's why the prophet's using it here. The Lord says this, as the new wine is found in a bunch of grapes, and one says, don't destroy it, for there, for there is some good in it. So I will act because of my servants and not destroy them all. I will produce descendants from Jacob and heirs to my mountains from Judah. My chosen ones will possess it, and my servants will dwell there. Sharon will be a pasture for flocks, and the valley of Achor a place for herds to lie down. For my people who have sought me, but you who abandon the Lord, who forget my holy mountain, who prepare a table for fortune and fill bowls of mixed wine for destiny. I will destine you for the sword and all, and all of you will kneel down to be slaughtered because I called and you did not answer. I spoke and you did not hear. You did what was evil in my sight and chose what I did not delight in. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. My servants will eat, but you will be hungry. My servants will drink, but you will be thirsty. My servants will rejoice, but you will be put to shame. My servants will shout for joy from a glad heart, but you will cry out from an anguished heart, and you will lament out of a broken spirit. You will leave your name behind as a curse for my chosen ones, and the Lord God will kill you. But he will give his servants another name. Whoever asks for a blessing in the land will ask for a blessing by the God of truth. And whoever swears in the land will swear by the God of truth. For the former troubles will be forgotten and hidden from my sight. For I will recreate a new heaven and a new earth. This is also in the book of Revelation. The past events will not be remembered or come to mind. Then 
be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and its people to be a delight. I will rejoice, I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. The sound of weeping and crying will no longer be heard in her. In her, nursing, in her, a nursing infant will no longer live only a few days, or a man not live out his days. Indeed, the one who dies at a hundred years old will be mourned as a young man, and the one who misses a hundred years will be considered cursed. People will build houses and live in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They will not build and others they will not build and others live in them. They will not plant and others eat. For my people's lives will be like the lifetime of a tree. My chosen ones will fulfill will fully enjoy the work of their hands. They will not labor without success or bear children destined for disaster. For they will be a people blessed by the Lord along with their descendants. Even before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb will feed together, and the lion will eat straw like, the, like cattle, but serpent's food will be the dust. They will not do what is evil or destroy on my entire, on my entire holy mountain, says the Lord. Chapter 66. This is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where could you possibly build a house for me? And where would my resting place be? My hand made all these things. And so they all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favor favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word. One person slaughters an ox, another person kills a person. One person sacrifices a lamb, another breaks a dog's neck. One person offers a grain offering, another offers pig's blood. One person offers incense, another praises an idol. All these have chosen their ways and delight in their abhorrent practices. So I will choose their punishment and I will bring on them what they dread because I called and no one answered. I spoke and they did not listen. They did what was evil in my sight and chose what I did not delight in. You who tremble at his word, hear the word of the Lord. Your brothers who hate you hate and exclude you for my name's sake have said let the lord be glorified so that we can see your joy but they will be put to shame a sound of uproar from the city a voice from the temple the voice of the lord paying back his enemies what they deserve before zion was in labor she gave birth before she was in pain she delivered a boy who has heard such a thing who has seen such things can a land be born in one day or a nation be delivered in an instant? Yet as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her sons. Will I bring a baby to the point of birth and not deliver it, says the Lord? Or will, or will I who deliver close the womb, says your God? Be glad for Jerusalem and rejoice over her, all who love her. Rejoice greatly with her, all who mourn over her, so that so that you may nurse and be satisfied from her comforting breast and drink deeply and delight yourselves from her glorious breast. For this is what the Lord says. I will make peace, I will make peace flow to her like a river and the wealth of nations like a flood. You will nurse and be carried on her hip and 
bounced on her lap. As a mother comforts her son, so I will comfort you. And you will be comforted in, in Jerusalem. You will see, you will rejoice, and you will flourish like grass. Then the Lord's power will be revealed to his servants. But he will show his wrath against his enemies. Look, the Lord will come with fire. His chariots are like a whirl, like the whirlwind to execute his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For the Lord will execute judgment on all people with his fiery sword, and many will be slain by the Lord. Those who dedicate and purify themselves to enter groves following their leader, eating meat from pigs, vermin, and rats will perish together. This is the Lord's declaration, knowing that their works and their thoughts I have come to gather all nations and languages. They will come and see my glory. I will establish a sign among them, and I will send survivors from them to the nations, to Tarshish, Put, Lud, who are archers, Tubal, Javan, and the coasts and islands far away, who have not heard about me or seen my glory, and they will proclaim my glory among the nations. They will bring all your brothers from all nations as a gift to the Lord on horses and chariots, in litters and on mules and camels to my holy nation, Jerusalem, says the Lord. Just as the Israelites bring an offense in a clean vessel to the house of the Lord, I will take some of them as priests and Levites, says the Lord. For just as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, will remain before me, this is the Lord's declaration. So your offspring and your name will remain. All mankind will come to worship me from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, says the Lord. As they leave, they will see the dead bodies of those who have rebelled against me. For their worm will never die, their fire will never go out, and they will be a horror to all mankind. That's the end of the book of Isaiah. So I just want to pray with you. Father, I just... I want, I want to thank you for the opportunity to read your word. Um, you are, wow. I mean, the more that I get into your word, the more that you help me to understand. Um, and I just want to know you. And Father, I pray for the people who are watching this, that they would know you in an ever-increasing way. And I pray that uh, anybody who wants to make that choice to accept this free gift, no matter what the circumstances are, Father, I ask that you would grant them that opportunity. I ask this of you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much. Um, God bless. Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.